There it goes. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Big Apple Hockey. And, uh, you know, I say it every week, but this really is a jam-packed show that we got this week. Lots of news coming to you from the Rangers, from the Islanders, and we got Ray Ferraro coming in and stopping by. I, of course, am your host that you just don't want to look at or listen to anymore, Mark Williams. And I am joined by the one and only Mr. John Fulkowski. Just like Tesla, we're coming at you live. <laughs> All right. And also, we have Mr. Anthony LaRocco. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't really have any words today, so but um, let's, let's get at it, boys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the first thing we could do also is, as I noticed that I left on the Islanders banner I was showing to you about that. So, oops, that's my bad. <laughs> um. By the way, once again, we've got our first bar meetup coming in two weeks on the 28th. Uh, that's going to be, it's right now scheduled to be in Hicksville. So come on down. We're going to be doing raffles, 50-50 drawings, um, giving away autographed jerseys. And uh, again, we're going to be doing a show. So that's also exciting. Come on down. You can talk to us at after we're in the middle of broadcast. So oh, Mikey there's... killing Anthony already here, Mikey in the comment section, <laughs> with the sarcastic Islanders are killing it. Comment. Well, unfortunately we finally have the Islanders as the a block. Uh, although they're always in the a block, but it's still, um, but I did have a video pre preparing what they were thinking going into Tampa Bay. Handle the pocket as a breakaway for Barzell. Matthew Barzell in scores. Prepare to die. You know, and when I saw that breakaway goal, I thought that game was going to go completely differently. But instead, Anthony, the Islanders lose their fourth straight game after their nightmare pair of games in Florida. Um, and you know, 13 games into this season on this opening road trip, they're going to finish 5-6-2. and two. So one game under NHL 500, but they were outscored 14-2 to two in the last three games. Is there a cause for concern? Have you guys uh, ever played a, ever played a video game where you're, where like you're, you're getting through the stage or you're getting close to beat the game? And like for whatever reason, I don't know, like either the game freezes and you have to start over or, or you lose it and you just have to, you have to like make back all that progress. And when that happens, you put so much time and effort into it. You, you, you become deflated and you almost don't want to, you, you, you stop. You, you don't want to play anymore and you, and you take a break. Cause at that moment you're so far, you can't, you can't do it. Um, another analogy I got is have you ever built like a piece of furniture? You got home, you do it, you're going through all the steps. And then when you're almost done, you realize you screwed up somewhere and you either leave it as is and it won't be as good or you have to start all over. And again, you don't want to do it because you just put so much time into it. Um, and where I'm getting at is I think I think this is kind of happening to the Islanders. I think after getting to the conference finals and back to back years, um, I think there's just so much 
when they think about having to go through an 82 game schedule, which is a daunting task, just to, just to get back where they were to have the opportunity. It's just so mentally tough and emotionally exhausting that I think they're not, they're just not competing at the level they need to be. I just think they have that analogy. I just think they, they're like, they don't want to, they don't want to, they, they don't want to do it right now. You know, it's like when you think about what they have to do, it's it's tough for them. And I, I think that's I think that's a big part of what happens to some teams when they get so close for two years in a row, um, you know, because they're, they're used to playing that high emotional hockey that playoff hockey is. And when they got to go through the A2 game regular season just to get there again, I think sometimes it's tough mentally. Um, and I think they're struggling right now. They 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 don't trots yesterday in his post game use the the term he's like I often don't call them fragile but they're a fragile group right now um and and they are uh and then when you compound this with a 13 game schedule road schedule to start the year it makes it even harder um and those are the two things I think they have at play right now um I mean it's over now they got through the they got through the 13 game road trip you know some fans are saying you know even five six and two you know, I, I would have reluctantly signed up for when the season started. Um, but, you know, they're they're a game under 500 by NHL standards, which which isn't terrible considering what they had to do. But they didn't put they, they you know, put themselves in a little bit of a hole. Um, but, you know, kind of like we said, they're, they're a really good. They're a really good home team. Even at Barclays Center, which was a terrible arena for hockey, they, they had success there. Um, they were great last year at the Coliseum. So hopefully being at home, UBS arena, the fans, um, you know, adding that, adding that emotion to the game there, uh, kind of pulls, helps pull them out of this and, you know, gets them going. I've seen a couple of people say in social media today, the, the real season starts on Saturday, you know, now that they're home now, um, maybe we'll see what they're, you know, what they're really made of and this can really help them out. Um, and I will say, you know, being being at home does play a big role. I know some people who really um, maybe not as uh, knowledgeable at sports will say, oh, well, you know, what can the fans do? But I'm telling you, the, the, the fans can when when you don't have it on a particular night, the fans can really push you over the edge. You know, them them cheering on a big hit. Um, you know, these guys are human beings. Clearly, they you know, they feel that adrenaline and that, and that gets them going. So I think for once having the home crowd behind them and cheering them on. Um, I think that might give them an extra little motivation. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I'm still really excited to be there on Saturday. It's going to be a historic night, you know, first, you know, brand new building in New York. I know people consider MetLife stadium, New Jersey, but this is the first, I mean, what, since Yankee stadium, right? The first Barclays new- center, Barclays Barclay center. center. Okay. Um, yeah. And uh, we'll get back to that headline in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. By all accounts, UBS arena is going to obviously be state of the art. Um, It's going to be beautiful and I'm looking forward to it. But as for the play on the ice, um, they're not playing Barry Trotz hockey right now. And I think uh, um, they need, they need to regroup here. Obviously, you know, the, we'll touch on a little bit, but the news to to Ryan Pollock being out four to six weeks uh, hurts them with a, you know, already kind of shoddy defense that, um, that will hurt them. I guess the silver lining in is it silver lining in is it, at least it's not Pellick because I think that would be more devastating if it was Adam Pellick. Yeah. Um, but you know they're gonna have to. Uh, Lou Lamorell's got to figure something out. 
Only thing is earlier in the season, I don't know how many teams are, are willing to wheel and deal yet. So um, I don't know what's out there for him. Obviously, we're not privy to conversations that general managers have. So who knows? Maybe Especially when it's not Lou Amarillo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, so I, I guess the most likely scenario is they recall Robin Salo, who's been who's been very good in Bridgeport. And just from my time watching him in the preseason, um, he reminds me a lot of Devon Taves, actually, with the way he skates and moves the puck. So I'm hoping, um, you know, maybe, maybe Salo jumps in and, and, you know, has success that Taves did once he became a regular and got recalled. Um, you know, that would be good. But uh, Lou has to do something here. Um, but just overall on this 13-game road trip before I hand it off to one of you guys, uh, you know, 5-6-2, and two, obviously not good. But, you know, also considering what they had to go through, um, not the worst. Uh, I would have liked, obviously, if they could have got a couple more wins. But um, it is what it is. They're in this situation. They're going home. Um, and hopefully they, they, uh, can, you know, pick up their play here. Well, when I need somebody to identify problems for any of my sports teams, I look at Mr. John Falkowski. So what do you think about the current state of the New York Islanders? They're simply not as good as a team as they were last season. There's depth missing. Uh, the defense has been a problem because of the fact that they, lost Nick Letty and it's created a big hole in their tops, uh, their top four defense. And you don't have that, that great skating. By the way, Anthony called that. Yeah. Well, we, I, I said that myself. I said that their, their biggest hole was going to be a top four defenseman who, and I said that during the season preview, who was going to play with Scott Mayfield. They still really haven't figured out that question. And, and Scott Mayfield hasn't looked as good because of that. And then now that they had to split up Pelican Pullock, and those two apart are not nearly as good as they are together. And Adam Pellick is still a great shutdown defender. Don't get me wrong. But if you're going to tell me that those two apart are as good as they are together, I have oceanfront property in Kansas to sell you because that, that, that's a crock. So you, you, you need depth on defense. They need a defenseman. They need a score. Uh, the, the, the scoring is, is just the, the, the secondary scoring on the Islanders is just terrible. I mean, where is their secondary scoring coming from right now? You're not besides not two it. games, not Brock Nelson. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, you, you can talk about how Brock Nelson's having that great start to the season. And, and that's, that's great. Like you, you need him to have the start to the season that he's had nine, nine points, seven goals in 13 games. That's really good. For a guy who has never really cracked like the 60-point mark in his career, um, you want more from guys like Barzal. You want more from Kyle Palmieri, who got his first goal of the season last night. And that That's just unacceptable for him. You, you, need, you need more. You need a lot more. And if you're not going to get that, then you know, you've got big problems. And I'm pulling up their, their scoring as as we speak and it's going to get ugly it, it's it's ugly it, it, it really is matt barzell's got four goals and eight points in 13 games unacceptable for him he needs to be a lot closer to a point per game anthony pavillier three goals seven points josh bailey one goal six points in 12 games call Palmieri, like i said got his first goal of the season last night he has six points pajo uh, has four points and you know what I, I did criticize when the Islanders went and got Pajot because I thought it was kind of an overkill bottom six move. But 
he is one of the better bottom six centers in the entire league. One of the better third line centers in the league. If you're going to have a player like him, he cannot be producing at a 35 point rate. He's got to be a 40 plus point center for this team because this team needs the offense. So you're just, you're not getting it. And Zdeno Chara has just as many points as Adam Pellick and Ryan Pollock. And he's played the same amount of games as Pellick and one more game than Pollock. Like, yeah, is, would you say you, that, would you just say that Chara is not really there for points? No, he's not. And that's, that's, that's the point. That's the entire oh. point. You, you can't have your two of your top. Uh, listen, I know Pellick's not there for points either, but Ryan Pollock, two points, no goals. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Yeah. And the biggest thing, and they pointed it out last night, last night's game, and A.J. Malesko, who I absolutely love, does a great job covering the NHL and is a, has been great on Islanders telecast for the last couple of seasons now. She pointed out that they're missing guys like Letty and Devon Taves, guys that are great skating defenders that can move the puck. So why is Robin Sallow not playing? Why is Sebastian Ajo not playing when you need guys that can transport the puck? Barry, I think they're starting with their veterans and they're going to start moving up these rookies. Um, Barry's got to wake up. uh, He's going up because you know what? First, first things first, Islander fans that are on the ledge right now, relax. You're going to be fine. Um, They haven't played their best hockey. I know the, the best hockey has not come. Let me go back to your analogy and the metaphor that you used before Anthony. It's sort of like, imagine if you were up against the president's trophy winner, you took it to a game seven and lost in overtime. Then the following year, you won the president's trophy and you lost the eventual standing in the cup champion, your division rival and um, all-star rival. If you want to use it as that some guy named Sidney Crosby. And then you did it again the next year, losing to him as they they watch him win a cup. And finally, the third year, you break through. What I'm trying to get at you using that metaphor you used before is Barry Trotz has been through this already with the Washington Capitals. He can easily recover and do this with the Islanders. It's a good thing that they're going home. Uh, They play 15 of their next 21 at UBS Arena. We have no idea what the effect of it is going to be like, but they're definitely going to have the adrenaline going Saturday night. They're definitely going to have the adrenaline going in the second game, or sorry, third game, which is versus the Rangers. Holy shit. Wow. They're going to go. They're going to open a new building. The next night play Toronto, and then the next night play the Rangers. And then the, the the game after that's the Bruins. They might be running on adrenaline for the next week. So um, that might be a good thing for the Islanders. But finishing but but finishing uh, what I was initially getting at, if they can start getting on a run, that's something. But Parise still hasn't scored. Um, their power play has been abysmal. More on that later. And we only have a couple more minutes before we have Ray Ferraro coming on, but it's, it's something that this team desperately needs to correct. A home game could help Uh, playing a tomato can could really help, but it's just, they, and the Calgary flames might not be the right time at the time for them. Cause last night in our group chat, I was saying that last night's game is just, it's just a day. A, it was a it was a day of work. You just wanted to get through as soon as they they scored four in the first period. It's just let's let's get this over with and get home because 
And, and we've all been there during our work weeks where we're just like, oh, yeah. God, we just get this day over. So, Anthony, um, I got to get back to your thoughts before Ray gets on. Well, I mean, um, you know, Phil brought up a lot of good points. Uh, you know, why isn't Robin Salo playing? They, they need they need a they need a, that that defenseman who can skate the puck out of trouble. Um, you know, Sebastian Ajo finally did start playing. Um, and Barry ref, Barry Trotz actually referenced when asked about his play, he said that he's a puck moving offensive defenseman. But when they're playing from behind as much as they are and getting pinned in their zone as much as they are, um, he hasn't really had the opportunity to, you know, to get to turn, get the puck and skate it out. It's It's been about trying to, you know, get the puck unpinned from the boards and move the puck and they're being worked right now. So, um, you know, when they're playing from behind, he can't really utilize his skill set as, as best as he can, which is that skating. Um but, you know, Robin Sala, I, I think, would, would you know, even though he's a rookie uh, and we saw, you know, even though these highly regarded rookies don't mesh right away, like we see you guys with Niels Lundqvist, um, it's still probably beneficial to put him in because he does bring you that element that's sorely lacking. Because when you look at it, Green and, Green and Char are not are not good skaters. I mean, no. Green's a little better, obviously, than Char, but that's not, that doesn't say too much. Today or Char at this point has the turning radius of a school. Yeah, pretty much. Right now, Patrick Nemeth looks like uh, a figure skater compared to yeah. Zeno Char. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and even though Pelican and Pollock are good skaters, um, Robin Salo is still more of a true puck moving faster defenseman so they can use him uh you know i i i thought about uh the trade route but i mentioned that there's not really many guys that are available right now um you know sure could could lou try to go out and overpay for gerard early i mean maybe but i i don't know if he's willing to move the assets to do that so i'm interested to see how they handle this you know four to six weeks is a lot of time um so we'll see what they end up doing but um, they have to. They have to at least um, recall Robin Salo. Uh, and then, as far as the scoring goes, quickly, um, you know, they have to. They have to put more pucks in the net. Um, I know Prize mentioned he's playing well, even though he hasn't scored, which is true on the forecheck and all that. But at some point, guys like him, Palmieri, need to start scoring more consistently. Um, and I, I just think overall everyone's down on themselves. And when you're down on yourselves, that you're not gonna, you're not gonna, you know, play like you should. So they, they hopefully being at home gets them in here. But Anthony, we're gonna be cutting it off right there because it's time for us to introduce our guest. And it is a man who has got a lot of, uh, of ways I can introduce you. Former Ranger, former Islander, ESPN, TSN analyst. <laughs> Mr. Ray Ferraro. Ray, thank you very much for joining us. There's a lot of formers in there. You could keep going, you know. <laughs> There's uh, six teams, although I try not to. Uh, I try to like the the ones that I like the Rangers. I kind of skip over because that was only like, you know, eight months. And St. Louis was two months. So I, I kind of like I like to think of it as four teams, but really it was six. Well, I've I've often said the Rangers' biggest mistake of that season was trading you because they <laughs> they uh, but that's going to get I'm actually going to lead that into a different question and um because the Rangers hurt their center depth badly when they traded you that season. Do the Rangers have center center depth this season? I didn't think I was going to be the first question, but <laughs> I oh, you came right out with right. Well, yeah, I did. Yeah. You know, well, it's funny, like you know when when all the Eichel stuff was popping around there about. You know, would they make a move for Eichel? It's just, you can't, 
essentially have $20 million in two centermen unless they're McDavid and Dreisaitl. You just, you just can't because there's no money anywhere else. You got a, you got a couple of great players and then you've got to cut corners all over the place. It just, the cap kills depth everywhere. And so everybody wants what somebody else has. A lot of teams would probably like Adam Fox too on their blue line and not having him onto an extension till next year or anything like that. But you got what you got, right? Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, teams that might have to cut corners in terms of cap uh, cap management and having top-heavy rosters with players, do you think that Toronto is going to be able to make uh, some moves at the deadline, Ray? They are. Um, so, so one of the things that they're doing is they play a pretty threadbare roster, right? So they're they don't have a lot of extra guys hanging around. Uh, they have the benefit of their farm team uh, is about three miles away. Uh, so if they need a player, he just drives up the road, comes to practice, and they don't have to waste a day of pay on flying them around. So it doesn't seem like much, but each day you accrue cash, it sits there at the deadline for you. And so there, there are holes in their team. Like right now, they're trying to play Nick Ritchie with uh, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. He's got no no goals. Like that's clearly not a first-line left winger. But what they did in the summer, they, they went out and signed a couple of guys. It's, a, you know – couple of those signings that nobody really notices and then you see them up close and you go geez you know these guys are pretty good so they signed David Camp from Chicago I think he makes 1.5 million and uh, Andre Kasha uh, from Boston who signed who makes 1.25 Kasha's a hell of a player now he's been waylaid unfortunately with concussion over the last couple of years but he's healthy and he I'm telling you guys he looks awesome but so you've got a top nine guy making 1.25 million. That's a so there is room, right? There is room. Camp has been a really good ad. He's got three goals this year. He had one last year in Chicago in 56 games. Like that's hard to do, but he checks well, he kills penalties, gives some space for their big money boys to get a little breather. So I think they can add the key for them might be if Jack Campbell can keep playing the way he can or the way he is. Cause he's been, he's been brilliant for them really has. I did the game last night. He had another shutout and um, I think Toronto's pretty good. I, I do. They, they need a forward for sure. They probably could use another defenseman. Can you do both? There's no discussion that starts and ends without the cap. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. Before you uh, joined, we were talking about the Islanders and as the Islander fan in this group, I'll have to ask you, about them um i first off i remember watching you in 93 in that series against the capitals and even though man I was, you were young eh you <laughs> yeah. that far? Eight, eight years old I, I was loving it but um you know 13 game road trip aside the five six and two record uh obviously isn't where they wanted to be but you know you've played in the league a long time so you may, maybe you could speak to this do you think the guys in the room after going to the conference finals and back-to-back years um and then thinking now of what they have to go through you know through full 82 game season to hopefully get back to that point. You think they're having trouble raising their, like raising their game after playing so much high intense playoff hockey the last two years that it's that they're struggling right now to match that intensity. And uh, I do. I, I do for sure. But it's not just that though. Like, um, so the playoffs are one thing, the 82 games are another. They had to start with 13 games on the road. I can, I can almost guarantee you that every guy looked at that schedule and went, look at that. That sucks. Like, that's going to be hard. <laughs> and I knew, you know, they know they could come back for a day or two here, you know, because it's 
it wasn't like one 13 game road trip, but playing on the road that long is mentally exhausting. And you saw as the trip went on, they got worse. Like it, they need to go home. They need to go home, practice a little bit, sleep at home, eat at home, see their families, like, you know, get away from just bus, hotel, airport, rink, game, loss, go to the next one. That's one thing. Number two is like, you know, Zidane Char is going to punch his ticket one trip to the Hall of Fame, right? Like it's, but he can't do what Nick Letty did. Like he can't transport the puck. He can't move like Letty. So again, like around the league, people will look and go, oh yeah, Nick Letty had to go because, you know, because of the cap and here we are with the cap again. And, um, and you try and fill him in. But the reason he left was because his salary was too big. You don't have that salary to replace him. So Noah Dobson, here's a bigger role. Jeez, he didn't handle it very well this first 13 games. So he's in street clothes the other night. So there's, there's a couple of things on the blue line. They're an older team. And older guys get worn down energy-wise quicker, of course, than younger guys. So I wouldn't panic yet. But there are you know, there's some worry spots there, but um, because mainly because that's a that's a really tough division. It's going to be a hard road out of there anyway. Um, right. Lately, we've been seeing like a rash of slewfoots going around in the league. Does the league need to get back and focus and try to get those out of the game? Well, I think you're talking about one guy. <laughs> Right. I mean, yes. The, yes. You know, He's I, actually going to be mentioned in our next segment. Yeah. I don't know. And as much as I can't wait for him to be a broadcaster, it's some that yeah, I, don't, I don't know if there's a rash of them. I'll be honest with you. I don't know what the hell he's doing because he's never done it before. You know, I don't, I don't recall over his career, Subban kicking people's feet out. It's a garbage play. It really is. And um, I don't know what you guys thought if you were watching the game the other night when, when uh, Sammy Blay got hurt. But I could hear him scream when he Ooh. went down. And I'm, you know, I've had, I've torn my ACL before. I didn't need to see anything else to know that was bad. That was either a broken ankle or an ACL. And poor kid. I mean, he was, you know, he's on the last year of his contract. He looked like he was, you know, kind of, he fit. Like he, he mm. looked really good there. The other plays that Subban had, I didn't like. I only marginally didn't like this one. Like, I, I don't think he tried to really slew foot him, but I don't like how he approached the play. And, and as a result, somebody's going to lose their season. Uh, I, I don't, I, I, it's, it's one of the worst plays in the game. It really is the, the slew foot, because you're, if you're the guy that it's done to, you're totally defenseless. Like there's nothing you can do. And you just hope that you hit and, land okay because you you know your leg could get twisted out you could fall on your head you i mean like there's no defense you're going backwards your hands are in front of you um i'm with you i think you'll be a great broadcaster too yeah well sticking with the rangers ray what do you think of uh their recent play do you think that they're kind of maybe lucking into wins or do you you see a team that's not really there yet that's still adjusting to a new head coach uh, I think the last three games have been pretty good for them. Um, uh, I, I mean, early in the year, I, I mean, it was a one-man band basically with Shesterkin. Oh, she's okay. Yeah. Have her walk in. That's okay. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> she's, yeah, I know. It's so accurate. Little, 
your little sweetie's cute. Have her walk in, you know. You know? <laughs> yeah, she's she does what she wants, really. <laughs> well, of course, and why wouldn't she? Um, I I think they're I think they're pretty good. Um, I I mean they're going to miss a forward now in Blay um, that you got to try and replace. Like who's going to do the Barkley Goudreau can't play there. That's I mean he had eight goals last year. It's a career high. That's not what they brought him in for. But okay, that's one thing. Then the next point is, well, who are you going to put there? And so maybe if you can smother over that for a while, again, this is where the cap in my mind is, is a detriment to, you know, to, to team balance, team depth, is you have to accrue the cap space. You can't, you can't just go get a player right now because how are you going to fit them in? What they're goal is and should be um, and I have the Rangers tomorrow night I'm in Toronto uh, right now so I have the Ranger game tomorrow night for TSN is is they have to learn and continue to drive away at limiting the number of shots limiting the amount of time they spend in their zone because it's not just the spot the shots if you spend 30 seconds of your shift in your zone great you get the puck you go to the red line you dump it in the corner and you change and so if your best players are doing that, well, then they're not scoring either. So I, I think I think they are getting adjusted to Gerard. Uh, I'm a big fan. I've known him a long time, but I, I'm a fan of the way he coaches. I think people like to play for him. I think they like to play for him because there's some freedom in the game uh, for the players. But the early part of the year, I mean, that, I mean, Gerard said, you know, you're not going to win games like this. This isn't how you're supposed to win. So right before uh, before we let you go, I had to tell you this story. Actually, this question: um, the guy above me, we play men's league hockey here on Long Island, and uh, when we had Darius Kasparaitis on a show about two weeks ago, I told him this as well. But um, we got out there on the ice, and lo and behold, Benoit Hogue is playing against us. Oh, can Hogue still on. skate? Yeah. Well, this oh was, God. This was like can he still skate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can. This was oh, going yeah. back like twelve years ago or so, but um, even then, he, I mean. Kelly wasn't trying that much, but you could tell like how good of a player he really was effortlessly. Um, yeah. what, what, what can you tell us about him from your time playing with him and, oh, you know, what gosh. makes him a good player that he could even still play hockey now and still, uh, and still be really good. You know, Hoagie came in the Pierre Turgeon trade and, um, you know, so Pat LaFontaine went the other way and we got Turge and then we got this Benoit Hogue guy. And, you know, I mean, he hadn't played much and I certainly didn't know anything about him. And, uh, uh, Al Arbor put him on a line with myself and Pat Flatley. And sometimes, you know, coaches write lines and they put them on the board and they don't like it and they erase it and they put another name there and they, you know, they think. And then sometimes three guys just get thrown together and it works. And that's kind of what happened with Hoagie and myself and Flats. And man, he was so fast. He could shoot. He was, he was tough. Hoagie was tough. And, but the, one, I'll tell you a funny story about our line was like, we would argue about the game, like during the game. So like, you know, if, if, if Flats, who was like one of the best corner men in the league, um, if, if he was in a puck battle and, and I went to help him, you know, like he'd get mad at me to, you know, get out of here. I got the puck. If I put a puck in his skates, he'd yell at me, you know, like put it on my stick. And I'd, yell at him like if you could keep up I wouldn't have to worry about it and then Hoagie you two guys just get the puck over here and oh man like we used to argue on the bench all the time and we love playing together he was Hoagie is funny he used to oh 
Actually, you know what? Here's the best Benoit Hogue story of all, uh, involving me of all, of all time. So me and him got into this little thing about I cut his skate laces. He'd, you know, do something to my helmet so I'd be late for practice. So it was escalating a little bit, right? So we come home after a road game and it's raining. And so we're parked at the old practice rink. So I get into my car. I turn, turn the wipers on and it's like it's foggy, right? And so I'm, but I'm, it's 1.30 in the morning. I want to get going. So I'm driving and I got the defrost on. It's not working. I got the wipers. Now I got the window open. I'm like, what is this? Something's wrong with the defrost, obviously. So I'm kind of looking out the window. I'm driving home. I'm getting pelted with rain. I get out of my car at home. And as I'm walking out, I'm overwhelmed with the smell of uh, Vicks vapor rub. <laughs> oh, no. He had <laughs> smeared the windshield on the front. Oh. Uh, <laughs> And so oh I, I had to go out and clean it the next day, like with a towel because you can't get it off. And now it's yeah. all over the wipers. I had to go get new wiper blades. Oh. And I said, Hoagie, I said, Hoagie, you, you watch it, man. I'm going to put a fish in your car and that car is going to stink forever. He goes, oh, you, you do that. He goes, he goes, oh yeah. Except he goes, you do that. I'll blow up your house. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like what? Uh, and he goes, he goes, you don't mess around. And so Hoagie won. He beat me on that one. That's oh. That's great. You know, you know I, got funny, my... I, I was watching um, a bit of the 93 uh, series between you guys, the Islanders and the yep. Penguins. And honestly, I thought that was probably the best hockey I've seen you play in your entire career. There was a uh, look. Thank you. And your... I agree. And, and <laughs> there was a look in your face in every highlight that they had of you and all the goals <laughs> that you scored in that series. What was it about the Penguins that gave you that look in your face that you could clearly see in these highlights? Was it, was it then just the well, fact that they were the, uh, uh, the they were like the, the, uh, the number one things, team? Or? Things. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it's a, it was a couple things really. Like I, I, I broke my leg that year and dislocated my ankle. I missed like 45 games and came back for the playoffs. And I, you know, everybody else is worn down and excited. I'm fresh and excited. Like, I didn't play any games. I played, I think I played six games after November. And so like I was, man, I was so excited to play. The Penguins probably rightfully so did not respect us at all. I mean, like if you looked at those two rosters on the board, if you want to make yourself laugh, write those two rosters on the board and, and see who should, Oh my God. It like, there's yeah. no reason we should have been in the series. Uh, Glenn Healy was unbelievable. And we, honestly we played our asses off and you know Al Arbor told us before the game like can you play even with Ron Francis for one shift and I was like yeah I can do that for one shift sure he's like well I'm not asking you to do it for the series I'm just asking you to do it for this shift and he did that to every player and everybody felt like man we could do that for a shift and then pretty soon you're one time through the lines and he says can you do it again and then pretty soon you've melted away one period and so the more it went on, the more frustrated they got, the more encouraged we got. And I was like, man, I couldn't believe we had a chance to beat those guys, honestly. And I, uh, it, was, it was the best time of my pro career by, by far. I just, I just loved it. And it was, I was so fired up for that series. And when David scored in game seven, David Volek's shot, when it hit the net and I jumped on him in the corner, so we got buried by the guys. I could hear Glenn Healy. I couldn't see him because there was guys on top of me. I could hear Glenn from the far end 
yelling on his way down. The rink was like church. There was nothing going on. It was amazing. Yeah, they were they were definitely in shock. And you know what? That instruction from Al Arbor, no wonder why the man won four cups. And yeah. that's like how that's simple, eh? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like looking back at that, like how simple, right? Like he's like he he's he can look at the lineup and go Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer. We could all see it. And he's like, could you play even with them for one shift? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I could do that. It's, he wasn't yeah, asking me to be better than Ron Francis. He said, can you tie him? And I'm like, yeah, I think I could tie him this shift. And sometimes it's just your time as well. Yeah. Like the Canadians won the Stanley Cup that year. I think they won 10 overtime games. That's yeah. impossible to do. Except they yeah. did. Right? Because <laughs> so, it was their time. John yeah. LeClaire back-to-back in consecutive games in overtime. To Eric yeah. Desjardins, a hat trick in an overtime yeah. winner. Yeah, unreal. It's yeah. not happening again. Doesn't have to happen again. They win the cup. Well, right. Th- thanks, thanks for coming on, with Ray. And uh, you know, we still play men's league. So if I ever see Benny on the ice again, I'll make sure I, you know, I, I try to give him a shot for you. I don't know if I'll succeed. If you if you see him out there, tell him Ferraro says hit the net. <laughs> <laughs> Just out of curiosity, do you do you still skate or play or try to play any sort of men's league ever or? No, nothing. Um, you know, it's funny. So my wife wow. is uh, Cami Granato, and yeah. so she's in the Hall of Fame. Two of us don't skate, don't play hockey. Our kids play soccer, um, you know, so, like, we don't play at all. And yeah. as an unfortunate uh, consequence or bill to play, pay out of my career, I uh, last September uh, I got a, a replacement left knee. And okay. so I, yeah. I had uh, Sorry. six surgeries on it. And eventually the, it wasn't even a hinge. It was a wooden board. And so uh, I got a chunk of metal in there and it feels pretty good, but uh, I, I do not play. I, uh, every time I do, I, I get on the ice. I go, wow, that was really fun. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's funny. A lot of guys stick around on Long Island here. I know Aaron Asham, you know, plays and yeah. uh, guys Glad like that I'll see him all over. Yeah. Oh. Well, it's an awesome place to live. Why wouldn't you stay if you could? Yeah. No, I, I love we love island. it. Here, you know? We love I, it. Here. I, I, lo- I loved being on the island. I loved it. It was great. Yeah. I mean, you had Garden City in the summertime and go to the beaches and it's. Well, it's okay. Beautiful. But so when I went, when I got traded there, all I knew of that place was the Nassau Coliseum. Yeah. Like literally, I didn't know. <laughs> I'd never even heard of Garden City. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, yeah. No idea. Is there any memory? Of Nassau Coliseum that sticks out in your mind. Sorry, just one last question. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it was. So when we were there, it was kind of a dump. It was our dump. You know, it was old and it was so loud and the people were so invested. Like my memory is of that playoff series. Um, so I scored the game winner in game three in overtime and game four in overtime against uh, against Washington. And uh, Tommy Fitzgerald, the general manager in, in uh, New Jersey now, he tackled me and we were on the bottom of the pile. I remember. And I, I'm not kidding, guys. I could feel the floor like kind of rumble. It was <laughs> so loud. Wow. And it's, that's, that's my memory of the Coliseum. Like the people cared. They loved being in there. Um, I went back for the Tavares return game uh when they oh, you know, when the Leafs went back it was wild in there and i was between the benches and i'm like kind of keeping my head up in case something flew out of there and you know hit me on the coconut and i thought well if it's gonna hit somebody it'll hit aj malesko first because she's taller than me so <laughs> i was like i 
told her, I said, AJ, I'm hiding behind you here. There's no pride right now. <laughs> right, well, oh, man. Hopefully we'll see you at UBS Arena. Um, you know, I'll be there a bunch. Oh, it and... looks fantastic, doesn't it? Yeah. Doesn't it look amazing? It yes. Does. I, I will get there for sure. I will be there for sure. It looks amazing. I want to go check it out. All right. Well, hope to see you there, Rain. Thanks a lot for joining us. You were, you were great. Uh, we really enjoyed it. Seriously, thank you so much. Yeah, um, we'd love to have you on again. Thanks, guys. Uh, sorry for the technical uh, lack of know-how. We got it done, though. We did. We got it <laughs> done. Yeah. It only took, only took like 11, 12 emails, but we got it done. So. <laughs> All good. Thank Thanks, you so guys. Much. Be well, and I hope your families have a, a great holiday and uh, everybody's safe and healthy in your home. You as Likewise. well. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Peace. Thank you. See ya. Thank Easy. you. All right. That's Ray Ferraro and wow. – uh, what an awesome guy! Yeah, you know what? We're 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 blessed to have a lot of these good interviews. As I try to look for my my pen that I always hold to make sure that I my fidgety hands aren't a problem, but I just dropped one. I'd have to uh, say that was arguably the best one we ever did. That might be the best one we ever did. And I, you know I what? I never so. got to ask him about Travis Green either. Um, oh. Yeah, I it's when Anthony usually says we'll get you out of this on uh, on on this question. Yeah. I try to let it be on that one. But um, I, I had to ask him about it because you know what? I was watching, I was watching the series recap. There's a, a, a YouTube account, uh, Canada Classic Sports, that that has all the old NHL Network um, classic playoff series, and I was watching it. And I tell you, every time he was in a clip, you could see the look of determination and fire in his eyes when he either scored a goal or was a part of the play. And I, I just, I had to ask him about it because it just, you don't normally see that look from a lot of guys. And to me that like, I liked Ray Ferraro as, 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 as a Ranger. And I mean, you guys know that I, I loved ESPN's original crew with him on it. NHL tonight, loved him on there. So, he was an active player when he was doing that. Yeah. And he was. And I and I and I love that. So for for me, that was just awesome to be able to ask him about that because I, I think that's one of those moments where you're just like, wow, like you can tell that he wants this more than anything. That I completely does. didn't know he was married to uh, Cami Granado. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. So hockey, I mean, royalty right there. Now, would you say the Granados are probably the most famous American family in hockey? American mm. family, probably. I mean, maybe. right now, uh, uh, maybe the Mullins. Yeah, if not the Mullins, maybe the Hughes as soon, Hughes, if not now. The Hughes but will be, probably. The Hughes will be. But, I mean, yeah, there's – I mean, the Hatchers can say something about that. But, I mean, when you go through a legacy that goes between um, just different – and I don't want to use the term different sports, uh, but from men's hockey to women's hockey, and you win the first ever uh, – Gold medal in Nagano. And Not only that, but you, and your Hall of Famer. When you think about it, and you go down the list of names of women's hockey all time, Cammy is probably a top three name. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would. You think of it, maybe Haley Wickenheiser is probably the yeah. only other name that you would probably put like, before her. But who, who who else after who else after before Cammy? I agree. Well, I mean, Hillary Knight's still going. She's she's still going, but she's not there yet. And, and, and not now, just because she's attractive. Give me a call. So that was, yeah. that was awesome. Uh, I, I could have asked about too. Remember his his call on the Patrick Stefan uh, missed 
empty net was great. Oh, <laughs> that's a good question to ask. We get, yeah. Oh, um, um, Monique Lamoureux. Yeah, uh, there's another one. But yeah. yeah, but I mean, and Brody, I got to say this as as a Ranger, as a Ranger fan, like I said before, their biggest mistake in ninety in ninety six was trading away both and Rick Ferraro and while yeah. we're at it, Matthias Nordstrom, because that deal did nothing. The nothing only thing that deal did was open a spot for Wayne Gretzky to come the next year. That was it. So Dari Curry didn't even stay though. Yeah, that, he didn't that, stay. He's had one goal. Yeah, he wasn't good for them. He yeah. he 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 brought them down. Ray Ferraro would have actually helped them against Pittsburgh, big time against Pittsburgh. They could have used and, him, and he played great with Kovalov. And you know who would have uh, really appreciated it? Luke Robitaille, who needed somebody to set him up uh-huh. instead of uh, that. But mm-hmm. we're, we're we're sorry, guys. We went on a little bit extra recap in the Ray Ferraro interview, but. You know what? That's what happens when you get, like I said before, former Ranger, former Islander, ESPN, and TSN. But you know what? He was willing to keep talking. Yeah, no. Originally, originally he he said just fifteen minutes. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. So yeah, but part of it was him. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I know. So we can always tell him to come back on. That's a great interview because he just kept giving us info, and it. I could sit there and listen to that guy talk for another three hours if he wanted to. I missed yeah. I missed my damn hockey game if that meant the Benoit Hoga story was hilarious. Oh, those were those are great. <laughs> those those are great. And you know what? He's got to have a million stories from being uh on the Thrashers in their inaugural season and for a while with there. I or mean uh, the Hartford Whalers of the late eighties. And there's so much that he probably could have given us, but that's why we gotta have him on again. There we go. So, by the way, what'd you think of the Ray Ferrara interview? Throw it down in the comments below. Don't forget to leave a like, share, and subscribe. And again, just going to mention this before I move on to the Rangers, but we have our first ever bar meetup coming in Hicksville. Uh, the address is at the bottom, but it's don't worry. It's going to be posted in the community link. And uh, we're going to do a broadcast there, and it's going to be before the Ranger Islander game. Lots of stuff, 50-50 raffle. Um, we're giving uh, raffling off or doing it in a pool, autograph jerseys. So check them all out. It's going to be a great time. We're going to go across the Hudson to the Rangers, who I can't believe were in the B block today. But the Rangers won their fourth straight after beating the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, and the Devils and the Montreal Canadiens this week. Right now, they're second in the NHL according to points, but they played more games than a lot of other teams. So, John, you asked this to Ray Ferraro, and we're going to get to P.K. Subban in a minute. That's a different story. But you asked this to Ray Ferraro. Are the Rangers as good as their record are? Are they just kind of escaping losses right now? These last few games, Ray's right. They played better, and I've even said that on my good, bad, and uglies. Um, Some of these other games have just been bad. Uh, I mean, the Seattle game, they escaped the loss. Uh, the, the the previous Montreal game, I thought they sort of escaped the loss there too. The first period of last night's game was great. Arguably the best 20 minutes I've seen them play both ends of the rink. But af- after that, the second period was, was bad. It was brutal. They, it, it, they were lucky to be leading after the second period. Yeah, their goal differential is zero. And, and that's just – it's not good. 
It's not, it's not good at all. You, you, I mean, that just goes to show you their bottom. I think they're third in high danger chances uh, for third last. I'm sorry. in high danger chances for, and they're fourth worst in high danger chances against. So they're not getting enough chances and they're still somehow converting. I, I, I really don't understand that, but I, I, I don't see that as sustainable. And then they're giving up a ton of high danger chances. And Ray also said that, and, and you gotta, you gotta make sure that you're limiting the chances for and against and secondary scoring has been a problem, but I mean, the last couple of games, Capo Caco has got two in two games. He's got three points in his last two games. He's played great defensively. Alexi Lafreniere got a goal. Julian Gauthier had a great goal. Last that was a great goal. Really was. And that that's that's the type of goal that he needed. A hard work, high-skilled play to go in and finally go his way. You saw the look on his face when he scored. But, I mean, again, a lot of the comments here. I mean, I saw Brody's. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I see Lou's here. Um, the teams go through the neutral zone with ease and lose right about that. But you know what? I'm, listen, I'm not going to tell anybody to not be happy about these wins, but be cognizant that there are some major issues that need to be fixed. Um, I, I, I'm, I was actually with you on this, Michael, that I thought that Miller needed to be sent down. Um, but I mean, the last few games, he's actually played well. He's played better. Um, Jacob Truba hasn't been as bad. Patrick Nemeth still needs to be fired into the sun via a cannon, but um, that's not saying a lot because, again, the only skater that's really worse in the NHL right now than Patrick Nemeth is Zidane Chara, maybe even Andy Green, but I think I'd rather have Andy Green than Patrick Nemeth at this point. So I'd rather have a cone than Patrick Nemeth. Yeah, I, I would rather really have a traffic cone. I, while, while we're on the Patrick Nemeth, he almost killed Igor Sesterkin Saturday night in Columbus. What is? What are you? What are you doing? doing shoving Stop. him into the goalie. Stop! Stop <laughs> doing this. Hasn't anybody learned from what Charlie McAvoy did to Filipino a couple of years ago when he sent him into Tuukka Rask after he scored that goal? No, they, they no, they're 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 never going to learn that lesson. They're just going to think hit the guy, not not where you're hitting him. Because by the way, as a forward in that situation, as soon as I feel the resistance on my back, I'm just letting gravity take over, which is exactly what I forgot who the Columbus forward did it. But he 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 was like he got launched into the sun, and the sun was Igor Sesterkin. You can't do that. You really can't do that. There are, and like I said, Chris Kreider, I know the president of the fan club just wants to give him that nice pat on the back. Go, go ahead, Barry Horowitz. Do it. <laughs> all yeah, right. Well, the Barry Horowitz reference for all you wrestling fans. All right. Well, you know what? Um, we're going to save the Chris Kreider for about two minutes from now. First, me and Anthony are just going to give our thoughts. And then we still got to cover the controversy with PK. But right now, they're still lacking a little bit of chemistry. You got it with Kreider and Zibanejad. You got it with um, Panarin and Strom. You have it with Fox and Lindgren. You still really don't have it between Miller and Truba, even though they're the second best defensive pairing. It's definitely not there with Lundqvist and Nemeth. By the way, they're both Swedish, so I'm surprised that that's not working. <laughs> so um, then you have the third unit, which actually looks pretty good. Lafreniere. Uh, Heedle and Gauthier. So now you still have that spot that's on the top line that you need to fill 
especially if you move Barkley Goudreau down. But right now, Goudreau's there. That's what it is, what it is. Kaka looks like he's starting to come alive and get some confidence. Um, and and the fourth line is just right now, the fourth, the fourth line has been their, arguably their second best line. It's a little bit arguably, but yes, well. Um, Consistency-wise, they've been the most consistent one, I would say. Right. So that's where it's – they need to – they need to be more consistent um, as a team. And they won the shots on goal, I think, the last two games. They didn't do it uh, the game before. But, you know, just keep the high-danger chances to the outside. They did it very well versus Vancouver. They did it versus, um, for the most part, in Edmonton for about 40 minutes. And then the last 20 minutes, they were getting hammered. So, Anthony, your thoughts before we go on to uh, PK? You know, there's 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 no arguing with the record. Um, they're banking the early points, but what John says there are there are stuff that they have to clean up. Um, you know, I, I I think I think at this point they they've proved obviously that they that they have skill. Um, it's just te- usually it's not always the case, but usually when there's a team that has a good record, but you know the goal differential you know maybe says otherwise, or usually catches up to you. Over the course of a full over the course of a full season, um, it, it you know it's rare when when it doesn't. But listen, you know the Rangers have an elite defenseman, Adam Fox. Um, you know Chris Kreider scoring goals for him. Um, even though Panarin hasn't been like electrifying, he, you know his 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 PPG is still good. Um, so they they have a lot of pieces in place that are working for him. Um, you know Kako's looked a little better, so that, so that's good. But I would say my biggest critique though is still is. You know him and Lafreniere. Obviously, um, you you you're you're left wanting more from them. Um, but you know, overall, listen, they're they're in, you know what first place in, in the Metro Division. Um, you know, we'll we'll see if some things bounce out over the course of the season. But um, I mean, at this point, I think you could say there's there's no reason why you you could say that they won't make the playoffs. I, I think they definitely be a playoff team. Um, but you know, other other teams are also gonna are also gonna pick it up. You know, some teams maybe like Columbus will, will drop back. New Jersey, um, I, I think New Jersey, while better than last year, I, I still think they're ultimately gonna fall a little, little bit. More on the Devils um, in a minute. Yeah, and then you have and then you have teams like the Islanders. Obviously, they haven't even played a home game yet, for Christ's sake. So, um, th- you know, they're going to get better. Um, so it's a long season. The Metro Division, the Metropolitan Division, is is, is absolutely ridiculous. Um, but I think there's no doubting the Rangers are a good team. They are. Um, it's just going to be a matter of are they are they going to keep playing as what their record shows, or will they regress a little bit, you know, to the mean of some of these underlying issues they have to clean up. Yeah. And uh, Phil, I, I'll I'll just make a quick reference here because I was looking at something that Hockey uh, Statminer was uh, posting. Posted a couple of things. The first thing that I was looking at was. Through November 12th, the Rangers were 31st out of 32 in um, shoot, shot, shooting percentage for uh, an expected goals for. And then they were last in um, scoring chances for and high danger chances for. And then since that, since November 12th, they're seventh in shooting percentage for. And then uh, 11th in expected goals for. 15th in scoring chances for percentage and then uh, 13th in high danger chances. So they, they did improve on those two things. The other ones 
Um, the other one was something that he posted uh, last night. Uh, t- at 10-3-3, they've earned 23 points in their for- opening 16 games. Uh, teams that earn 20, greater than 22 or more points in their first 16 games have made the playoffs 91% of the time in the salary cap era, excluding the shortened seasons. So those those are some pretty good numbers for positivity for Ranger fans. Well, also, like they say, you know, th- American Thanksgiving is sort of the line where you just say those teams are making the playoffs and yep. then that's it. So that's why uh, the man whose team is down in the lower box really needs to pick it up. And I would say you might be an Islander fan, but now you're an Islander pundit. So you just got to. So it's a little bit of both. You're covering the team, too, now. So it's not just that. But uh, we got to move on to this. And uh, trigger warning for anybody that might want to break their TV when they see this. So we were talking about it with Ray Ferraro and I wasn't trying to say him by name, but PK Suman, either way you want to say it, uh, cause we all know that there's uh Paul Bissonette who said that's not a slew foot. It basically is the same freaking thing anyway, to do that where you're doing that at that point of the ice, you're basically trying to end the guy's season. Is there any other, and at first, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't kill PK on this. Sunday night, I saw it. I went, I think he's turning. I looked at that again, and you do see his foot come out. Here's the so. problem: what other than a remedial level skater who really doesn't know how to stop? Who the hell swings their foot when they're trying to stop like that? Ooh. Who? Like, and if you watch it again. His his left leg is what he leads in with it, and then he swings his right run around, and that's what connects with Blaze's foot. Like, I mean, I understand that people have made fun of his training videos where he does the agility drills and he does the the mohawks and the and the side to side skating and stuff like that. You can't go posting all these videos. And, and do all these drills and tell me that you're an inept skater. Either you, either this is something that you're you're aware of and you don't do it so – I mean, you don't make an effort to stop it so you're complicit or you're just a straight-up dirtbag. And either way, it's bad. Anthony, uh, you had this topic in our in our chat a couple weeks ago on Bar Talk. Go. Um. You know, I, I remember I go back to when he did that to Reeves in the preseason. I, I, I you know, I, I remember saying like, oh, you know, he was concerned for him after it happened and it looked like it was a complete accident. But then like the next couple of times he did it, um, you know, he did it to Zegris. He did it to Lucic. Um, so uh, it's it's just when, when it happens that many times, then you have to say to yourself, OK, well, clearly it's on purpose and. You know, you know, it's not it's not a good look for him, um, you know, because it's it's a dangerous play um, and also puts a target on his back. Eventually, someone's going to someone's going to go after him. It's only a matter of time. Um, but the unfortunate part about it is like P.K. Subban, the person, you know, like he's great. He's a great personality in the media. He's you know, I mean, we've seen what he did in Montreal. Donate what, ten million dollars to a children's, children's hospital, to a children's yeah. hospital in Montreal. Yeah, I think it was even twenty. He he had, he had the blue line buddies thing in in Nashville. Um, so clearly he's a he's a good, kind hearted person. Like 
you wouldn't you wouldn't think he want you you know it just doesn't make it doesn't add up. How do you do that? And so, and again, by the way, going even further, that's what's even more frustrating with this. That's well, yeah. I was about to say that myself. Like this and, isn't and Tom Wilson this. that that that's going around and doing the penalty yeah. box like a freaking jackass after he tries to end someone's life by slamming his head into the ice. Like you like know? PK when he is done is going to glide into a broadcast studio and be sensational. And I I don't mean to even say that without hyperbole. He's already done some of it. Yeah, he's he did an NHL late, late night show. So I mean, and then you're you, but you're you're seeing him and you're going, dude, what are you doing? It, it's just it, like and and you think about other videos that he's got, like when he was the bus driver as an old man, and then turn around to the kids and going, oh, I guess I'll play with you. And the kids are jumping up and down as he's starting to take off the makeup going, it's Subin, it's Subin, I knew it was Subin. I mean, uh, he's going to be great. It's just, leave this shit out. Don't seems, do this. It seems like it's a it's like a bad habit that developed in his game, and he kind of just like subconsciously does it now. I mean, I... I because I don't understand why he why he keep doing it. Because right now the Rangers and the right now the Rangers have to try to replace Sammy Blay, who, like it or not, guys, was one of the key parts of their offseason because they traded Pavel Buchnevich for him. And also during that game, I had to see some of the Rangers Twitter. Worried plays. about that. Yeah. But, 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 Sammy Blay played very well for them. Yeah. He he's been better than anyone could have expected. And listen, he shouldn't have been on the first line. That's the other part of the offseason. But you're right. Now you have to replace him. Do you call up Lori Pioneemi? Do you go get Phil Kessel? Do you see if Dallas starts to fall out of it and call them about Alex Radulov? Do you like, hope that everything stays the same up until March when you could probably get Kratzoff over here? It's There's so that. many questions. Or that. I mean, I don't know if the Rangers really want to go spend assets on players like Kessel or Radulov. Or do, do they go and make the big splash and go get Philip Forsberg? I don't know if they can do that and, and realistically bring him back with the, 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 the contracts that they have that they have to give out. And then Adam Fox's extension going in. They, like, they, they, wouldn't, be, they wouldn't be able to. I, yeah, I don't think they yeah. would. But I mean, there was a little bit extra news. Uh, we're just going to spend about two minutes on this. Uh, one of one of them is going to make Phil's eyes roll, but it's all for the president of the Chris Kreider fan club right here. Uh, he had his 12th goal of the season last night. That missed, puts him second in the NHL. Do you know who's the only person ahead of him? Well, he's tied. For second. Well, he's tied for second, but oh, yeah. he's ahead of him. Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah. Leon yeah. Dreisaitl. And yeah. that's Leon Dreisaitl, man. Um, so the way Chris Kreider is playing, is it time to just, Make Chris Kreider the captain. No. Okay. No, absolutely not. I, I, I want to see more from the other players in this team. I want to see more consistency on a game to game. And I love what I've seen from Chris Kreider in the last few games. I think it's been his best hockey overall as a Ranger. He's been a force away from the puck. Even when he hasn't been scoring, he's made good plays with the puck. He's made smart decisions. He's been tough on the forecheck. He's caused turnovers. This is what Chris Kreider needs to be on a nightly basis because the goals aren't always going to come. So if this part of his game is not there when the goals are not coming, he's useless. I want to see more of this on a nightly basis 
for a very long extended period of time before I say, okay, name him captain. And by the way, teams have named people captain midseason. Anthony? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much on on Phil's boat in Phil's boat, I should say. Um, see for an extended period of time, and then not only that, but but just because a guy scores and produces, um, doesn't necessarily mean they should have a C slapped on them. Um, it's the other areas of the game uh, that really matter when it comes to being a captain. So, um, see, I I think he's I think he's a little bit more of the heartbeat of the team when he's going. That that team is this team is really going. Um, He's the one that shares their emotions. He's not as emotional and as emotionally connected as Callahan was back 10 years ago, but um, no, I, you I, know what? Try to be Ryan Callahan. Go ahead, Phil. I, I do. Listen, I'm not going to tell you that I, he, there's no leadership qualities in him because I, I do see them, but I want someone that can not just be a vocal guy in the locker room and an emotional guy in the locker room, yeah. But he takes charge and leads by example on the ice. And again, that doesn't mean the top scorer. Not every captain is the top scorer. Jeff Odgers was the captain of the Atlanta Thrashers. Was he a scorer? No, he was a face puncher. Who's the captain but, of the Colorado Avalanche? Uh, uh, right now? Yeah. Right Gabriel now is Landeskog. Yeah. 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 It's not the it's not the best player of the top scorer that's a captain, but it's it's got to be someone that's got to lead by example. And if Chris Kreider can consistently be that guy that leads by example and brings it every damn game, then you know what? I'll shut the hell up and you serve me that that crow on that hot plate, and I'll <laughs> I'll eat it. See, I was also trying to think about what to make a bet with you about if Kreider scores 30 goals, that you'd have to shave your head or something, but you've already done that. I've already done that. Yeah. So it's it's, it's, me shaving my head is a little bit more drastic. Yeah, I was about to say. That'd be interesting. Uh, Pivoting to the other Chris Kreider question and the Chris Kreider question that involves (laughs) – yeah, Kelly Kissio. That involves the team – there's one team all three of us root for, especially in February – but can Chris Kreider be on Team USA? Wow, that's a tough one. Um, if he, and I'll, I'll, I'll reference this. Back in 2013-14, we all remember how during the hurdle game, Rick Nash got elbowed straight in the head by Brad Stewart. Nothing happened from it. He missed some time, but he came back, forming back with a vengeance. And he had a stretch in which he scored 11 goals in 11 games leading up to that Olympic break. And Mike Babcock selected him for Team Canada. And that basically got him that. So if Chris Kreider can continue this, and let's just say by the time the Olympic break comes around, he's got, I don't know, 20, 25 goals, something like that. And he looks like he's on pace for 30, 40 goals, 35, 40 goals, maybe at that point. But there's a lot of depth. You got to think about the wingers that they have. Both Kachucks, mm-hmm. they they look like they, they're guys. But, again, this is going to be on a bigger ice surface. Chris Kreider can cover a lot of ground with his speed, and he can protect the puck well while doing so. So I, I, I definitely say if we were – if this was bar talk, I would say beer. Anthony. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think he may, he can make Team USA. Um, I mean, if, if the 
if instead of the Ken, it was it said that Chris Carter will make Team USA. I mean, that that's that's a little different, but sure, you know, he can make it. Um, you know, I, we already referenced what their center depth looks like, but um, you know, you got to really consider or think about it. How many wings um, can be more useful than him on the team? I mean, um, Alex DeBrincat's going to be on the team, uh, you know, for sure. Um, you know, the, you, you have you have the Kachucks. Um, you know, Patty. Patty Kane's obviously definitely going to be there, even though even though he's older. Uh, um, Anthony, I'm glad you listed him off. Anders Lee. He, I mean, he's another guy that you throw in that category that's been talked about. I'm sure, you know, the list never came out, but each country had a had had to submit like a fifty um, a fifty player list of guys they you know would are going to be considering, and I'm sure Lee and Kreider are on that fifty on that fifty player list. Um, you know, I, I definitely wouldn't, I don't envy the guy that has to pare that down because that's all tough decisions. Um, but you know, team USA, um, I think they're stronger on the wing than they are at center ice right now. Um, yeah, Pavelski, Joe, Joe Pavelski, uh, no, that's a hundred percent the <laughs> team USA. Uh, and you know what, again, yeah. he's, he's getting, gotten that Jack getting, Eichel trade done earlier. He's getting but, older. Pavelski is, you know, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if he's. I don't necessarily think he's a, he's a lock to be to well, be on the team. You know what the, imagination. Blake Wheeler, Blake Wheeler, Blake Wheeler. Kyle, yeah, Kyle, Blake Wheeler. Everybody forgets about Blake Wheeler. He 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 could play wing or center. Um, I I, I, I would say this though. With Kyle Connor. What's that? Kyle Connor is definitely going to be Connor, there. Kyle Connor, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Kyle Connor definitely making that team. Yeah, but I mean. Pavelski, the, the thing with him is that uh, sometimes a lot of these Olympic teams they 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 pick based on name value, and yeah. you know what? Look look at Seth Jones. I know there was a little more of nepotism to that one because of who was Team USA's general manager, who we will not name, just because I don't want to give him any type of airtime. Yeah. But um, you know, I, sometimes these names get picked. And they just get picked because of their name. I, I think Pavelski will get picked partially because of his name. I still think he's a decent player. I don't think he's the player he was la- last year or two years ago or anything like that. But, yeah, um, I think Pavelski will probably end up being on that team. Uh, Cam, I'm just, I just pulled up like a mock roster. Cam, Cam Atkinson, Johnny mm-hmm. Goudreau. Goudreau, yeah. Brady Kachuk, Alex Tuck. Um, I wouldn't go Tuck. JVR. Maybe it was like a fourth line center. Um, but the Rangers have been in this situation before. 2002, Mike York played his way onto Team USA. Yeah, I mean, he did. He was That's only on the fourth line, line but still, he, he was still there. But all right, guys. So we're going to move on to the bar talk, but we want to know what you think. Uh, are the Rangers for real, or are they just kind of winning with smoke and mirrors right now? And But can they get better, or is it going to be getting worse? Uh, PK Subban. Uh, and uh, the bad news with Sammy Blay. Do you think that Subban tripped him up intentionally? And also, Chris Kreider. Should he be captain or can he be, make Team USA? Throw it all down in the comments below. Guys, like, share, and subscribe, of course. Max Pacioretty. Yep. <laughs> we didn't mention. Good you one, know what the great thing is? We're now Good in an age going. where American guys getting cut is going to make headlines. And that <clears> was that's, that's good. Like 2014 when Keith Yandel was off the list. I was surprised. And that was like number four. I mean, Bobby Ryan also was not on there too. But we're moving on to the Bar Talk segment. I'm going to take a shot on this one. You're going to say beer. I'm buying everybody around on this. Oh, my God. 
I so love we'll that get back. Every, yeah. By the way, if anybody <laughs> didn't watch that intro and didn't see Slim, that's up there in the top right. That he, you said sixty pounds. You lost, John. No, not sixty. For about oh, forty-five. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think it was sixty, but then every time you say the number, I get more surprised. But. Welcome back to the Big Apple Hockey uh, Bar Talk segment, where we gauge our confidence on NHL topics. Are you not really that confident? You just want a shot? Or are you, are you, are you a little bit? You just want a beer so-so? Are you so confident you're buying everybody around? So we're going to start off with our first topic. <laughs> and I'm going to start this one off, boys. Alexander Georgiev is not a 1B. Or you know what? And again, I'm starting off. I'm getting up there. I'm buying everybody around on this. He's not. Alexander Guriev is a backup. That's it. We, the Rangers could have sold high on him two to three years ago and maybe gotten – I mean, there was the rumors about Kevin LeBanc. We were all saying it, and it was all over the place. It ended up not being true, and apparently that was a farce to begin with. But no, Alexander Guriev, he's – He's off at his angle sometimes. He loses confidence, and it's just he's he's just not a he's not a number one. He's not even in Sisterkin's, uh state, let alone neighborhood. So I'll turn it over to you, John. If anyone says anything other than buying around, I'm going to have you Baker acted. And if you're not sure what that means, that means I call the police and I have you instituted because you're insane for thinking otherwise. I'm sorry, but it, it's it's facts. This guy is not a 1B. This isn't a Richter Van Beesbrook 91, 92, 93 situation where they the two of them look like they're vying for the starting job. No. He's closer to Ole Pavlik than he is to Cam Talbot or Andy Ranta. No, yeah, this this shouldn't – Quinn messed up everything with the goaltending carousel last year. You said that so many times. I agreed with you so many times. No. But you know what? I, I will say that he, he played better in his most recent start, which is a big improvement over the Edmonton start. So if he can play more like he played in his last start, he'll be an okay backup for us, and that's all we need him to be. <clears throat> Anthony. I mean, it's round. I mean, the, the guy has a the guy's. Yeah, a, we don't have to have you big racket. Good. I, mean, the guy yeah, a, I was gonna say Anthony's not getting committed. <laughs> the guy has a three point seven seven goals against average and an eight seventy save percentage. Those aren't those aren't numbers of a of a one B goalie. Um, you those know, are he's barely NHL numbers. He, exactly. Uh, he he's a backup, um, and he should play sparingly. Yeah, it's. It's just, and then occasionally, then I get in the conversation with guys, and they go, "Oh no, oh no, you're 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 completely slamming him." No, 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 I'm not. No. So many times he's off on an angle. No, like, just... like I, it's like I want to kill him on the Dougie Hamilton goal Sunday night, where he just walked in, just went bar down, and that was it. That's not the one I would kill him on. The Jesper Brat breakaway where he's still standing. <clears throat> every forward when they get in a yes five for Brad's hole. position just goes five hole and says, thank you very much. Well, that's why I asked the question in the good, bad and ugly. What's bigger, the Grand Canyon or Georgiev's five hole? Yeah. Well, answer. Anybody? I said it's, 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 it's actually Georgiev's five hole. All <laughs> right. Uh, moving to the Islanders. The Islanders are going to have to add a scorer and a defenseman by the trade deadline. 
Mr. Anthony Larocco. Um, I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go round here just because uh, you know I I think that the need for a defenseman is just that strong. As much as the the scoring isn't there right now, I think it's a product of their overall play. You know when they're getting their when they're getting it taken to them every night, their offense is going to be anemic because they don't have the puck. Um, sure, sure they need to add more scoring, but it, the defense is much more imperative. Um, and I think it has to happen sooner than that. I mean, Pollock's out four to six weeks. Um, as it is, you needed a defenseman before he went down. Um, and it just becomes a matter of who's out there for Lou Lamoureux to get right now. It's, you know, it's still relatively early. You know, the teams that are going to sell probably don't want to do it yet. Um, so that just means he's going to have to pay a higher price. Um, I mean, <clears throat> I never, I never really was high on, on Gostaspierre defensively, but Gostaspierre, if you look at his point total on a really, really bad Coyotes team, he's, he's mm. putting up points. So yeah, four and a half million dollars. I think he's got another two years left. Um, I mean, I, if, if that's like the best that Lou could do, I mean, I would, I would do it. Um, you know, I, I just, I just don't know. I mean, he shouldn't even cost that much either. I mean, four and a half million Arizona just, so I, I, I think he's a possibility, but Hampus Lindholm's not going anywhere anymore. I mean, no. Anaheim's humming. Anaheim's humming. Um, obviously, Matthias Ekholm, Matthias Ekholm resigned. Um, so I don't know, really know who else, who else is out there. Uh, Again, I referenced it before. I mean, we're not having discussions. I mean, who knows? It could be a guy Lou wants that we didn't even know was available. And, you know, he pounces on it early, pays a higher price. But um, they definitely they definitely have to they definitely have to do something um, to, you know, to help shore up the shore up this defense. Before before I have Phil answer that question, you keep saying you've said it before. And I wanted to say this again. Lou might pay a higher price. Can you name any of the players he traded for Ilya Kovalchuk. Patrice Cormier. Okay. Wow. Nick, Nicholas Bergfors. Two. Johnny Oduya. Johnny Oduya. And I think the last one was a draft pick. Yeah. First round. Lou pick. does not overpay. That was not, you, you might have went, that's an overpay because Bergfors was scoring back then, but not, not, not now. I never thought of yeah. Bergfors as that type of prospect. I thought he yeah. was an okay one, but not. Yeah, like he that. was okay. That was about it. Lou doesn't overpay. Even when he overpays, Philk. Yeah, this is going to be around for me. Um, you you gotta, like I've said before, the 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 sec the lack of secondary scoring is really alarming. Considering when you looked at the team and you thought that about the depth that they had, and I, I said that the Eberly losing Eberly was going to hurt them. Yeah, and I didn't think it would hurt them like this, but it has. And the, the defense, like I said, that was my biggest question about this team heading into the season when I did the season preview. And they need somebody. And now they need it even more. I mean, Sam Gerard looks like he's out of their price range, looks too, too rich for their blood. Because if depending on if what, what's been reported, their ask for Sam Gerard is, is to be the case, then that's Anthony Beauvillier. And I, with the Islanders scoring issues, they really can't afford to give him up right now. And he's not even playing as well as he should. So um, I, they need to do something. They need to do it quick. Um, I, I would, I would try to pull the Jim Rutherford special if I was Lou and, and get it well before the deadline. So this way that the prices aren't astronomical like they could be, but yeah, this is around. 
Well, you, you uh, gotta we're going to make it a clean sweep again, guys. It's another <laughs> round. And I really do like this one better, even though it looks like I'm crushing your head, Anthony. But it's <laughs> it's just I'm going to throw up another stat and because they're going to need a defenseman. They're going to need a scorer. This is what's alarming. The Islanders have four power play goals this season. Ooh. Four. Ooh. Um, that's not good. There's I, I was supposed to look up how many players have four power play goals. I was going to say before before the last couple of games, the Rangers probably had maybe one or two more even strength goals, and the Islanders had power play goals. So you, know, yeah. you, could, you could trade and, issues there and, and commiserate. And yes, the Rangers have to fix their even strength woes, and I still have full faith in Gallant. It's hard to it's hard to have a power play when, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, are the person is the personnel right? Is their um is their philosophy for the power play right? Did they give up on Gustafson too quickly? Even though I still think, what the hell has he done in this league? I don't know. That's it's something that Chicago even waved him. Yeah, so it's so. something that it's going to be a good question. I I I don't know if they have the assets to get both. So I think if you picture Lou's face, if you picture Lou's face right now, it's like a a cartoon. He's got he's got his face is red and he's got and he's got steam coming out of his ears. Yeah, I I I think he's uh I know he's he's coined as a patient man, but in this situation, um, I I you know, (laughs) I don't think he's uh, I don't think he's very he's very happy, and I I don't think he's gonna wait. I don't think he's gonna wait around. Going from Lou's current team to Lou's former team, the Devils will contend for a playoff spot all season. And, John, you started off. They're they're playing well considering the fact that they don't have Jack Hughes in their lineup. And I've said that Jack Hughes looked to be poised to be one of the big breakout players in the NHL this season. I really do believe that whenever he gets back and gets healthy, he's going to start playing very well. Dougie Hamilton's obviously made an impact on this team. He's he's made them help them be more competitive than we could have imagined. Um, their goaltending is it's, it's decent. It's not bad. It's not great. It's helping keep them in games. But uh, I I I think at, at a certain point they're going to start to you're going to start to see them fall off a bit. Even though Hughes is going to come back, so I think for most of the season. They'll be in it, but there's going to be there's going to get to be a certain point where I think maybe by shortly after the deadline, where I think they're kind of out of it. So I'm going to say beer here. All right, Anthony. Um, beer as well. Like I said, they're not. I think there, there's no doubt, and I think it's really well evident by now. They're they're definitely not going to be um, as bad as they were last year. Um, they're going to be. They're a much more competitive team. Um, they got more skill. I mean, Dawson Mercer has. He looks to be. He's opened the eyes. He's been a, a pretty good rookie for them this season. Obviously, they added Hamilton to Tar. Um, so they're they're definitely a more skilled team. But um, I just think the Metro's too. I just think the Metro's too good. Um, and then even other teams in the Atlantic are are, are competing right now. So um, they'll 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 hang in there. But um, I don't I don't think it's going to be a thing where like last week of the season they could you know they're still right there fighting for a spot. So. I'll go beer. I mean, who knows? Uh, Subban might uh, trip somebody, break their ankle, and then that might fire up the team to <laughs> to just start uh, start fighting the devils. I want to say buy around. I'm going to go with a beer. Um, this was mine. I've been high on the devils all year. I'm high on Mackenzie Blackwood, but no, I I 
there's too many good teams in the Metro. We haven't even mentioned the Flyers yet. And the Flyers just got back Kevin Hayes last night, uh, or this week, I should say. Uh, he got his first goal last night. Um, and congratulations, Kevin Hayes, getting your first goal of the year and pointing up uh, for your brother. It's just um, – I, I, I could see the Devils hanging around a lot longer than what people think they're going to be. But if I see them eventually falling off, it's got to be a beer. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Uh, but speaking about Rangers and Devils – this shootout is still exciting. Anthony. I mean, I know a lot of people have gotten bored of it. They don't like it anymore. Um, you know, I'll, I'll go beer. Um, it definitely has its moments where it can definitely be exciting. You know, a guy pulls off a ridiculous move or, you know, goalies or, you know, having a duel, saving it and go, it's going in later rounds, making an edge of your seat. That, that makes it exciting. But um, ultimately I, I still, I still hate when like there's a, there's a really good hockey game being played um, and has to end in a skills competition. But that's, a separate, <laughs> that's a separate topic, but I, I can't help but to lump it in it just because it, it affects, it affects the actual act of the shootout for me, but um, it, it has its exciting moments. So, um, but then sometimes you still have ones that go, you know, where the short team scores on his first two shots, the other goalie makes a save and it's over before you know it. And it was just kind of meh. Um, so uh, it's a it's a beer for me, Phil. Yeah, I'm I'm going with beer as well because there there are times where it can be exciting. I would much rather see continuous overtime though. There, I I would ask if you have a pulse if you're going to tell me that the shootout was more exciting than than the that Rangers and Leafs overtime or the overtime that the Rangers had against. Um, even the Devils, that was a it was a crazy exciting overtime game, and and I would disagree with this, David. And that's not a skills competition. That's more hockey than than the shootout is. The shootout is a legitimate skills competition. So, and Rich, no way, we're not bringing them back. No, no, no. Bobby Granger cut JD's tie. Yeah, and yeah, that was it. So no more, no more ties, buddy. Yeah. You know something? I'm one of the people that even when I moderately got bored of the shootout, I still thought it was good. It's just, it is. I'm buying. The shootout's still exciting. And when you get to the seventh round of the shootout, you got your shootout specialist going. Why Kevin Rudy went before Chris Kreider, I have no idea. But, like, I saw Kreider go on net, and him deking going to the backhand and putting it in was almost as exciting to me as Merrick Malik's between the legs because it's sort of like, oh, Kreider just deked? He never deeks. So, especially not going near side on a guy. If he wants to go far side, he'll deke. I'll give you something that – I'll give you an idea that could or, – or yeah, like an idea that could make the shootout more exciting. Go to the IIHF rules where you have three guys go, and after those three guys, you could repeat any guy that you want at that point. Yeah, I like just, that. I like it too. For the, I, it's funny because hockey can actually experiment with their sport, and you get another sport. Say, for instance, I'm a baseball traditionalist. Like uh, the National League, getting the DH is making me. That's long overdue needed. I don't need to see a pitcher hit. And uh, yeah, guess what? You pick up a glove, you pick up a bat because they didn't want to give David Ortiz the MVP in 2000. Okay, so then don't cry when you're when you're when your ace pitcher tears his ucl taking a swing first off most pit times the pitcher is the best athlete on a team but let's get back to hockey for a second it's 
uh, it's uh, you know it's just hockey can experiment with their other stuff but um yeah all right so we're gonna go around the nhl right now and we're gonna start with the washington capitals he's cracking our list almost every week as much as Connor mcdavid warn him in a second but alexander ovechkin will crack 100 points for the first time in 12 years john go ahead didn't have it last night, but um, I I can see this happening. I'm gonna I'm gonna say beer. I, I think I, he's scoring at like a 140 point pace right now. The last I did the numbers last night, it was uh, 26 points he had in like uh, what was it? Uh, or 20? No, sorry, 23 points in 12 games. I think it was or something like that. And it, it just, it was, like I said, it was on pace for 140 points. And I, I honestly, that's not sustainable. He's not going to do that. But I, I could see this. So I am going to say beer. It, it's the, the stretch of games coming up. And Ray Farrar brought up a great point earlier. A lot of the old guys tend to wear out quicker. But Alexander Ovechkin kind of seems to kind of defy time a bit here. I mean, he looks to be on pace to be the, first, the the to be the oldest player ever to score 50 goals in a season. So, would we really put it out of the question for him to crack 100 points? I, I'm I'm going to say it's, it's possible. I just don't know for sure. So, I am going to say beer. Anthony, I'm going to be bold here and say round. Ooh, um, there we go. I think uh, you know because in pre in like previous years, he's not getting all his points just from scoring. He's he's getting the assists too. Um, and you know, for him, you know, that really hasn't happened since his, since his days of when he was a hundred point player. Um, and, and I think the contributing factor for me is that the goals are going to still keep coming. And that's, that's, I don't really think that's a question. Um, but again, it's the production getting the assist for me. That's making me say round here. Um, and frankly, I'm rooting for it. I, you know, I would love to see Ovechkin at 36 turn back clock and, and hit the century mark. Um, you know, Phil knows he's, he's been one of my favorite players since he came to the league. So, you know, I, I'm rooting for him to do it. And um, I was going to say the OV guy doesn't yeah, buy around. <laughs> and, he's, and he's, uh, and he's, he's kind of, you know, he's kind of making it hard for me to doubt him right now with how he's playing. So, um, round. And like I said, I, I really hope he does it. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I started rooting for him ever since he told Lundquist in 2015, I'm rooting for you to win the Stanley cup. Um, so it's kind of like that. Uh, I'll go on beer. And the reason why only is because his age and because he hasn't exactly been a pass first player, but he's doing everything right now. He's playing defense better and also passing the puck a little bit more and getting assists. And, and he still and has that right. Still rifle. almost a goal per game. He's, he's got hell? that rifle of a shot. Oh, he, he just, he just takes, he just whips that puck. It is just scary. So uh, there you go, right there. With Darcy Kemper settling in, Colorado is about to surge, and I'm I'm going to buy everybody around on this because with Nate McKinnon out, Kemper in his last four games, uh, here he is right here, three and one, eight goals against. He's got a nine forty six save percentage, and he's uh, let me keep that on. Um, they're going to focus on defense first and try to get that all corrected. They've got Vancouver tonight, Seattle, and then Ottawa, pending they don't have COVID still. 
on Monday. Um, Colorado's got to get it turned around. You get it turned around in your defensive end first. And if your goalie's playing well, that's the best way to start it. Anthony. I'm going to go beer. Um, okay. you know, they, they, at one point, I think they were four, five, and one. Um, you know, they turned out into six, five, and one. So good on them. Um, also gives it gives me hope for my, you know, for my Islanders. You can turn it around in one game. I was under, just about but, to correlate it to the yeah, Islanders. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, you know, McKinnon, I think the contributing factor here is McKinnon being out. Um, I think if he was playing, obviously, for me, it'd be around. Um, Kemper is playing really good, but, I mean, it's, you're still missing your best player. Um, I will say, I think they're, they're, you know, their days of really struggling are behind them. But I, I don't I don't know about a surge though. Surge, you know, um, kind of insinuates that they're just going to go on a tear. You know, could be like where they're like eight and one in their next nine. That you know that I'm not sure about. So um, I'm going to go beer. But at the end of the day, um, I think Colorado is going to be you know one of the two teams left standing in the Western Conference Finals. Philk. I know McKinnon's out right now. I don't know what the time frame in is on him coming back, but just looking at weeks. their what's up? I think it was four to six weeks a few weeks ago. Okay, so he should be back in the next couple of weeks. Then that that's going to be a big boost. Uh, Miko Rantanen is he isn't really playing the best hockey that he could be playing right now. He's just under a point per game. That you got to imagine once McKinnon gets back, that's going to help him out. Um, can Nazem Kadri continue at a near point at an over point per game pace? I don't think so. Um, JT Comfer has nine points in 12 games. That's kind of nuts. If you ask me, um, Andre Burakovsky, four goals, eight points, 11 games. That's pretty good. Bowen Byram's got eight points on 11 games. I, I, I think he, did he get injured? Yeah, I think he did. So, I mean, if he comes, if he's not out for long, that could help. But I'm only going to say beer because there are just a lot of things that I'm looking at this roster with that I'm saying, is that really sustainable? Is that going to change? I, I, I'm not sure if surge, but I think they will consistently play better. And I do think that they're done struggling. So I'm going to say beer. Yeah. Be, be, uh, Bone beer. him. he's on, he's in concussion protocol. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't. That's not good for them. I mean, if he can come back and play the way he did beforehand, then yeah. that that'll go a long, long way for them. But I mean, that's gonna at least quiet the Sam Gerrard trade talk for a bit. Philk, I am going to throw this one at you. Slewfoots need to be automatic suspensions, regardless of the outcome. Buying everybody around. This, this enough is enough with this stuff. And I, I don't know if you guys remember it, but back in 2011, the 2010-11 season, the Rangers and Pittsburgh played a back-to-back. I believe it was a Tuesday and Thursday <clears throat> set. And uh, it was a home-and-home. And, home, and Sidney Crosby slew-footed both Ryan Callahan and Brandon Dubinsky in back-to-back games. Yep. And it, it's the most dangerous play in hockey I mean, you saw what happened when Joe Pavelski was accidentally tripped and his helmet came off and he basically cracked his head open on the ice. Like, that's a dangerous, dangerous play. And it's even worse when you're actually trying to do it to somebody. So the NHL needs to step up. And I've said this across the board with player safety and, and suspensions on dirty plays. 
they need to be tougher. You need to really start hitting these players where it hurts and sending a message. The little slaps on the wrist like this aren't going to help anything. They're not going to. So go and start sending a message to players like P.K. Sluban, who goes around and just kicks people's feet out because, you know, all you're going to do is give him, what, a $10,000 fine? He donated $10 million to a children's hospital. That's <laughs> nothing. It's Trump change. It's stupid. You're not sending a message by doing that. Go hit him where it hurts. Taking away playing time also helps. Yes. Anthony. Uh, the, the, see, the, the, tricky, the tricky thing for, for me here is uh, – if it was accidental, because I mean, like the fir- like the first slew foot that Subban had on on Reeves, that one almost looked like it was accidental. That's not even um, the first one in his career, though. Andrew. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just saying, in case of a separate player, some you know accidentally does it, his foot comes up or they get tangled. How are you going to differentiate what you know what was what was uh, I get that. what was intentional and what wasn't? That's where it becomes a little a little dicey, but um. I mean, if the play, if it was, if it, if it was somehow clear as day that it was 100% intentional, I'm, I'm going to say around for sure. It's, it's a very dangerous play for me. The really, the only thing more dangerous is how, like, when, um, you know, Yarko Rutu stepped on the back of Eric Carlson's leg, and you know, Matt, Cook. Matt sorry, Matt Cook, I got, they're, they're both scummers. I got them confused. Yeah. Yarko um, Rutu did that to Yarmer Yager, though. No, yes. he didn't do that to no, Yager. No. He, he, oh no, he, who was the one he stepped on their skate? Because Yarko uh, did that too. Yeah, yeah, Yarko, yeah, the guy was on the ice already, I believe, and he stepped up. Yes. I don't know who it was. Yeah. Or James Neal kneeing Brad Marchand in the head. But yes. Um, but for me, that's the one play that's just as dangerous, and I have no tolerance for it. And um, like Phil said, you kick the guy's leg out. You, you could you could fall backward and hit your head in the ice. You could you could fall and twist your knee like Sammy Blay and you know tear an ACL. Um it's just it's just it's just no place for it in the game. Um, so if, if it's, if it's evident that it was intentional, I'm going to say round, no question. Okay. That's actually a good way of putting it because I'm going to go back to beer. Cause I'm going to go with the exact thing you said. You need to know where the intent is. You need to be clear. If they're repeat offenders, they need to be, re- they need to be fined multiple times. It's two things that the sport needs to get rid of. They need to get rid of slew foots. They need to get rid of diving. It's, it's they, they, good that you bring that up though, Mark, because even if it's like in the case of Subban, let's just say it's just something that he does at a habit. He's not intentionally trying to do it, but it continues to happen and he does nothing to correct it. Then at that point, there's still got to be a suspension. Mm-hmm. Right. Like Matt Cook used to elbow everybody in the face. Like, <laughs> Lee yeah. got rid of that. So it's it's just that simple as far as as far as that goes. You have to address the problems. You got to get rid of their playing time. And you also got to make sure the teams the teams are hurt on the ice from this. I mean, you're responsible for your own stick. Yes, you should also be responsible for your feet too, because yeah. it's it, it it's just it, it's just that simple. Uh yeah, yeah, that's another one. Bye. That's I, another one. And yes, Crosby, that incident. I I can't believe I actually didn't have that on the rundown, but I didn't mm. because this stat just completely blew my mind. Do you know who's two hundred and third in the league in penalties drawn? Connor David, <laughs> how is that even possible? So that brings up this stat, the re- or this question, and you're going to be surprised by my answer. The referees are not calling enough penalties 
for Connor McDavid. Anthony, I'm going to go to you first. I can tell you how it ha- I can tell you how it can happen because he's god he's so goddamn fast the players can't even touch him to to, to make an infraction to call penalty on him. Um, but I mean, as as far as the question goes, I, I'm all for letting the skilled players play. I, I think it, I think it needs to be done. But at the same time, I don't I don't want him being treated in another situation where someone you know goes by him and breathes on him and the referee puts his arm up. Um, you know, I would I would hate to see that. Um, yeah. I'll put it simply: if a player commits a foul on him, and it's obvious, you got to call penalty. But the referees are probably also understanding that the guy is so talented that players have to do something to try to contain him. So, um, if it's if it's just a little bit like a little bit suspect, they're probably letting it go because I mean. At that point, literally every time someone goes near them, you're they're going to have to call a penalty and put their arm up, because I, I don't see any I don't see any way ha- around that. Yeah. So, um, you know, for me, I'm I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna go shot here. You know, unless okay. he's getting unless he's getting absolutely mugged, I, I don't see how else they can handle this any better. I got to make that guy bigger. Phil, <laughs> I'm gonna go with a beer. Uh, the, the only reason why is, yeah, that that's an alarming number just because of how good Connor McDavid is. And I, I listen, I, I try to watch Connor McDavid on a nightly basis. I watch a lot of Oilers games because he's my favorite non-ranger in the league, hands down. But Thank you, Brody. the analogy I'll make is he's like the guy that he's the ringer that shows up in a men's league game that should be playing three to four divisions higher than he should be playing in a lower division and absolutely skates around the guys and the refs know it. So they don't want to make a ton of calls and, and have him be the guy that, you know, the other, the other team breeds on, like Anthony said, and then they call a penalty for it. So like, you know, you're, you're going to have to fight through some of these, but at the same time, some of the things that they do get away with, with McDavid are, are a little ridiculous at times. So the, the easy solution to this is it's just call the ones that have to be called the, like the borderline ones where you're where it's ticky tacky and if you if you really have to think about whether you should be calling this or not as a penalty in general then you probably shouldn't be calling it you know i i, I listen I, i'm all for power plays i'm all for scoring being up i i've made that abundantly clear over the the time all over my years and the time that we've done this show but at the same time don't make it like 2005, 2006, where the stick was parallel to the player on the ice and they were calling a penalty when there was no actual hook. Yeah. Like, that's just ridiculous. Uh, uh, my, my answer, shockingly enough, is just going to be beer. Uh, there's going to be times where people aren't uh, getting away with them. But the boys brought it up in the comments. Can't foul what you can't catch. That's one. <laughs> and the other thing is, take for instance – we, we we reacted to the McDavid goal against the Rangers last week and <laughs> Connor yeah, slow yeah. down. <laughs> we reacted to the McDavid goal last week. I, I wonder if players on the ice have it in their head. They're 50% on the power play, which is unsustainable. And they're kind of acting like a basketball player with five fouls. Anytime they're out there, I just thinking like, if you're Patrick Nemeth, you got Connor McDavid coming down. He's already gone past two of your guys. You're the last line of defense before the goalie. You're basically a cone next to Connor McDavid. And 
you're just going, okay, go to the net. Uh, I'll, I'll take a chance. Georgie makes the save and maybe we'll be fine. Cause if I take a penalty, they're putting it in the back of the net. If I try to pull it, but it stick up, they might call it. There's so, a lot so, of that stuff that's out there. And, and so, I think fear might, people aren't being aggressive with him or Leon dry. Maybe Leon dry saddle. Cause he's built like a brick shit house, but <laughs> I mean, yeah. David, McDavid was like the road runner and ever all the defense were like Wiley coyote would sit on their face at the end. And at least, but at least yeah. Wiley Coyote at least did something to try to stop him. Are, are you are you basically saying that teams should employ the uh, hack a shack mentality, like with Shaquille <laughs> O'Neal, just send him to the foul line? Just, just send him to the foul line? No, you can't because if you send him to the foul line, that's in the back yeah. of the net too. They got the number <laughs> the power one power play, play yeah. in the league. In, in, the uh, number one power play is a good deterrent. In re- in relation to uh, to Connor McDavid, I just want to add this real quick. L- last week we had the question in Bar Talk: Can Leon Drysaitel contend with McDavid for the Art Ross? Um, Leon Drysaitel has a four point lead on him now. He's thirty three points. McDavid's got twenty nine. Um, let's just take a minute to appreciate Leon Drysaitel. Yeah, Leon Drysaitel yeah, uh, is on pace for one hundred and eighty points, <laughs> ninety three goals. Clearly, he's not going to do that, but. No. Um, he is he is he is a fantastic hockey player. I mean, I, I think you know we all talk about McDavid being the best player in the world by a mile, but I think Leon Draisaitl is the second best player in the world by by a decent margin. I know McKinnon's skilled, McKinnon's skilled and everything, but Leon Draisaitl for his size and how he skates, how he can shoot, how he can pass the puck. Um, you know, he's, he's going to be one of the reasons why Germany might be a tough out in the he, Olympics. I don't think he has enough help. I think the rest no. of the team is too bad. But um, he's 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 great. I mean, uh, seventeen goals in fifteen games. I mean, how many how many goals do you think he's he could end up with? I mean, can he score sixty? Can Dry I think he could score sixty. I, I I think Leon Drysaddle's shot is more than good enough. I, I think he could score one hundred and fifty points as well. I, I think his passing is just, and that's pro- probably one of the most ridiculous. Like his shot is underrated, but I I think he's legitimately one of the. I would say three best playmakers in a game. If you want to say McDavid's the best playmaker, I have no problem with anybody saying that. But Leon Dreisaitl's vision is just otherworldly. It's that good. And and you know what? Yeah. And when the, the best thing for Edmonton was when McDavid broke his collarbone, Dreisaitl got all that playing time at the top line. I remember I got him in fantasy that year, and that's where he kind of let us all know, hey, Leon Dreisaitl, he's going to be a hell of a player. Um, so, by the way, once again, just to plug our first bar meetup is coming up in two weeks. It's in Hicksville. There is going to be a post on it on the YouTube page and our Facebook pages and our Instagram page. Might as well get them all. There's going to be a nice little funny video on Instagram for the Islanders coming home. You guys will like that one. And uh, But to finish up the bar talk, so what do you think? Uh, Alexander Georgiev, are we wrong? Is he really a number one somewhere? Uh, I don't even know. I don't think he would be a number one on Arizona, but that's a different story. Uh, is, uh, do the Islanders need to add some more players? Are the Devils for real? Uh, is uh, Obi going to get 100 points? Is Darcy Kepper settling in and Colorado is about to go on a run? Put it all down in the comments below, guys. And we are... Moving on because we're gonna lose Filk in about ten minutes. So um, uh, you know what? I, I I'll, I'll probably be able to stay until like a quarter after six, actually. So okay. Um. 
this isn't so much so much an editorial. Uh, I'll, I'll be quick, guys. I'll hmm. do a quick one. Yeah, why not? Yeah, uh, we got this. Hopefully, my microphone doesn't screw up on on the mark. This prediction that's right up here. Uh, being single most of my life. I just yell at Larry Brooks like every other New York Ranger. <laughs> so, recently, I heard something the other day on NHL radio or it was somewhere that a lot of teams have policies to do video tributes whenever a player leaves the organization and then comes back. Now you think I'm going to be whining about Pavel Buchnevich. I like Pavel Buchnevich. The Rangers could show highlights of that birthday hat trick. He's one of very few players in NHL history to do that. I would love that Pavel Buchnevich on this team. When Seattle comes to the Garden, if uh, and we're going to see a video tribute to Colin Blackwell, what the hell are we doing? Here's what video tributes are for. Remember when Mark Messier came back, who won a Stanley Cup, an MVP, uh, was a dominant force for this team, scored his 500 goals in the New York Ranger. You know where the actual memories were. And Stephen Weiss getting a. Uh, a video tribute from the Florida Panthers when he came back as a Red Wing, I thought was a little bit excessive. And the only reason why I even knew about that was because it was on uh, the 24-7 that the Red Wings did that year when they played the Winter Classic versus the Maple Leafs. It's just... I, I, I don't know, guys. They, they, they should honor the, the former players the way they should. And again, the best ever way that a former player has ever been honored was by the Ranger fans at Madison Square Garden, when Eddie Jockerman came back, there was no video tribute. There was just fans chanting, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. And even Eddie Jockerman didn't even know he was going to start that game. So I'm going to bring the guys back because it's it's something that I heard. It's just something that I, I just, I shake my head about. Like, or, or I, I understand it's being nice. Let's honor everybody that was uh, on the team. You know, once a Ranger, always a Ranger. But I mean, a video, I mean, Derek Stepan, okay, a video tribute. He had an op- a, fir- a career hat uh, a hat trick to open up his career, the the huge overtime goal. We know about that. He's had his moments, but at least you had your moments. I mean, if it's a policy just to give a video tribute to anybody that was on for a length of time, what are we doing? It also depends on the level of the video tribute. Like Mark Messier's video tribute was a little different. Um, you know, stopping the game for as long as they did with him was was a different story. If there's a video tribute for Colin Blackwell, then that's terrible. If they want to put up a, a, a thing that says, thank you, Colin, like on the jumbotron between face-offs or something like that. A picture. Like Maybe a picture that just says, thank you. Like, okay, it's a little okay. excessive if you ask me, just because it, it, like he really didn't do a whole lot. But like again, yeah. sightings. Whenever they have the celebrity sign, usually it's like a 30, uh, maybe a 30 to 15 second clip. They throw it on there. They put the celebrity on there. You can always just do that. Show Colin Blackwell score. Yeah. I mean, if you want to do the that goals between Eric set him up okay. with. Okay. But still, he played what, how many games with them? Exactly. It's just, it's not like Dan Girardi, who played 11 seasons with the Rangers. Ryan McDonough, who played, again, another eight seasons with the Rangers. I mean, you got to. Yeah, I don't need to handle And you know something, and again, part of this comes from seeing people's reactions on Twitter and conversations. But 
I mean, oh, I'm crying. Not, you don't have to worry about Twitter talking about a Tony D'Angelo tribute. Stop. They got their own tribute for him on Twitter. Stop. Like, ah, oh, man. And yeah, like, and again, Rich, that's why I'm, I'm picking it out Blackwood because he's the most ridiculous. Blackwood. Hearing, oh my God, when the Rangers lost in the expansion draft. Oh, Colin Blackwell played great for us. Oh, shut up. He's got two more goals than Daniel Gano. Yeah, I, I it's just, it's ridiculous. Like Zuccarello, yeah, Zuccarello definitely deserved it. Zuccarello was a big part of the team for a bit. Mm. Uh, I, but again, you gotta you gotta be careful with who you give these things to because when you start giving them to the guys like Blackwell, you're setting the bar extremely low. And then everybody and their grandmother who played, what are you gonna give them to Carl Rakunic? If you ever if you ever came back coaching a team, something like that? Come on, Sandy's like, Ozelinch. Yeah. My God, it's not Dan Girardi uh, coming back right. when he was with the Sabers as, as assistant coach last year. Well, that's I don't what know I said before. Eleven minutes. seasons with Girardi. Yeah. Love it. And he wore a letter. Yeah. And by the way, Mike, I love this quote because it makes you think of the line from The Incredibles. If everyone's super, then nobody is. So I yeah. also always I always like seeing this comment. I'll never get tired of seeing I agree with Mark. So <laughs> uh, it's Mike. Mike. Oh. <laughs> That's why I should have read job, it first. Mark. I'll I'll never get tired of Mark can't read. In my defense, the uh, the blocker is blocking me. So the uh, the the arm that I have for the mm -hmm. microphone was blocking it for a minute. Um, did they ever? Jesse brought up a good one. Did they ever I, give I a think, uh, I think they probably did, but I don't remember it. I I might have missed that. There we go. That helps it. I, Thanks, Gene. Oh, okay. You know what, AZ? Uh, you know what? You could have just said you were agreeing with Mike MYR, and and, and <laughs> I would have liked you a lot more because it would have really just shut down Mark, and that would have been a nice little dig for me. You couldn't just help me out here, buddy. Couldn't. Throw right, but me before I throw it back to Anthony, I did want to throw Rich's comment right there. The the Brett Howden video tribute. Uh, that that happens, and I'm done. I, I go I go walk straight off of a pier into, into but even with the, the Islanders in they knew what Tavares was in for with the fans they still gave him a video tribute he still skated on the ice waved to mm -hmm. everybody and then he took his I, medicine. I, I think video I think video tribute should be left for a player who's who played at least five five seasons for a team um you know and made you know and made a fairly you know decent impact on them like you know Zach Parise in Minnesota when when the Islanders played the wild he got a very tribute which I have no problem for he played there what nine years yeah uh, he's, he's amongst he's amongst their all-time leader in goals and points so I get it but yeah I think I think of a guy you know played one or two seasons with a team um agree, and, he get, and he gets a video tribute to me that's that's just it's you know, like I you mean, Brian Suter going back. Give him, give him a video <laughs> tribute. Uh, Jonathan yeah, Tate, video tribute. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. All right, right well, I'm sorry. I, I was still thinking about Oof. the online stuff before the other stuff. Yeah. All right, let me get away from that. But um, I mean, I, I certainly would never have given a video tribute to Glenn Anderson. So, yeah, um, why? Like, thanks, thanks for participating for that 20 games. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
All right. What do you guys think? Are video tributes getting worn down? <clears throat> oh, sorry, watered down. And you think they're becoming less meaningful? Throw it down in the comments below. And again, I kept on going with the Colin Blackwell one because that's the obvious one. So, oh, wait, hold on. calling for that? Just, ugh. I don't remember a boss ever coming up to me and saying, well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, you did the bare minimum, so good for you. So, um, this week was the Hall of Fame, and there was a great topic that they were talking about on NHL Network uh, when I was picking up my lunch, and that was next year you're going to get a pretty good class. You're going to get the Sedin Twins, Roberto Luongo, uh, Rick Nash is available. Um, trying to think of what, what one of the other ones are, but how do you exactly deal with the Sedin Twins? You think they're Hall of Famers? Yeah. Yeah, I, I I would have to say that. You, are they in as a duo or are they in it as themselves? I, I think that they – well, both of them are going to go in. I mean, I, I believe Daniel won uh, – Daniel won a, um, a scoring trophy. And then Henrik, I think, won a scoring trophy. He won the Art Ross in 2011, if I recall correctly. Yeah, Daniel won the Art Ross in 2011 with 104 points and 41 goals. He has 1,041 points, 393 goals in in, in 1,306 games. And he was consistently one of the better players in the league for a very, very long time. So um, I I would say that – you know what? In another era, these guys would have had more points, both of them. And Henrik had 1070 in 1330 games, and he won the heart in the Art Ross in 2010. So, I mean, for for a while, they were a big part of a Vancouver team that was right there near the top of the league. So, I, I I'm going to say that these guys should both be in the Hall of Fame, and even in his last <clears throat> season at 37, going on. Uh, 37 years old, he, he put up 50 points. That's really good for a 37-year-old. So I, I'm I'm going to say, yeah, I, I, I think these guys make the Hall of Fame. They might not be first ballot guys, but I, I think they do. Anthony. Anthony. And uh, he's he's moving a little bit. I think he froze. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to actually back out of here myself though. So um, I will see you guys later. Um, I got enjoy your game. I got my game at Beth Page tonight. So yeah, good luck with yours. Um, Yeah, good luck, Phil. Yeah, thank you. Uh, We will talk more later. Just in time for Anthony to come back. By the way, I'm I'm a bit of a sadist because, as I said before, eleven o'clock hockey game at Beth Page. And then a 7:24 tea time in Medford. Yeah, it's rough. Yikes! Good luck with that, buddy. I will talk to you guys later. <laughs> See you later, Phil. Later. Bye, everybody. Yeah, yeah. We got Brendel right after the Zadines wins. Ugh. Pavel so, Brendel's home <laughs> was was a bad was a bad bad pick. I mean, a lot of those players in that draft were all bad, except for um. Except for the uh, the Zadines wins, really? Yeah, it's basically them, and then no one else. <laughs> it's it. and yeah. Jamie Lundmark. Oh, 
I don't know if that guy got railroaded or if he just wasn't that good. But I don't think he was railroaded. that good. But uh, Roberto yeah. Luongo is up for Hall of Fame next year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think he has he has the the you know the the stats to back up a Hall of Fame bid. Um, you know, he almost won a Stanley Cup. Uh, he got there and lost to the Bruins in 2011. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, he gave up. T- he gave up ten goals with the chance to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, you know, he's got he's got an Olympic. I'm sorry, he's got an Olympic gold medal to his name. Um, yeah, and you know, he was one of the elite goalies in the league for a while. So, um, I I think you could put him in that category with Lundqvist as you know the one of the the kind of like the best goalies to ever play that never won a cup. 483 wins after leaving the New York Islanders. Yeah. They should have never, ever traded him. Well, you could thank Milbury. Milbury was in love with DiPietro's puck playing ability, and he, he thought that Mil- he thought that DiPietro was just as talented and added that element that Luongo lacked. Um, you know, <laughs> he got it, he got it wrong. Boy, did he get it wrong. Yeah. Um, so then there's that. There were some guys that are believing that Rick Nash is a Hall of Famer. I don't know about that. By the way, going back to I don't, I don't see a Rick Nash to be a Hall of Famer. I, 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 I like that's that's very good. That's not a Hall of Famer. Now, I mean, again, if you're going to let Rick Nash in the Hall of Fame, I mean, where where's the cutoff? I mean, do you let does does Alexa Yashin get in the Hall of Fame? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's, it, it it would be a little ridiculous for me. Well, Anthony, I got I got this one for you. Uh, I've been talking about this for a while. Mike Richter, I think if you take his NHL stats, 300 wins in the tie era, uh, a, a Stanley Cup, and you add on his USA play, granted, Calgary, he was okay. He was pretty good. Um, he was the best player in Nagano for the United States, and they got crushed. And probably he was best, and then right after him was uh, LaFontaine had a good play, uh, Olympic year that year you throw in the 96 world cup of hockey he was the best player in the tournament as the hardware uh, suggests and he was right there for team usa in 2002 those are those are four instances where his international play needs to needs to be brought to the forefront yeah no for sure um i just think for 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 richter um other than the Stanley Cup, I don't know if his his NHL regular season accolades are quite are quite good enough. I mean, he was never really. I mean, I would say nope. he was never he was never really like the clearly heading above the best goalie in the league. You know who he was as far as that goes. He's like Ryan McDonough. He had the ability to get up there. He did one year become a, in '94. He was a Vesna finalist. Yeah, he was a money goalie in the playoffs. Um. And the one thing I point out to people when it's an argument of who's better, Henrik or Richter, I always point out Henrik because let's not forget, Mike Richter lost his starting job in 95. Yeah, Henrik, so, Henrik was much more skilled than Richter was. Yeah, I mean, Henrik also worked at it. So, yeah, I mean, not that Mike Richter didn't. Henrik avoided mm-hmm. major injuries. Yeah. Other than the one on the neck. So, um, you got a brand new building to go to. Yeah. Hopefully we got some video of you and your experience as an Islander fan at the, at the, um, at the building. Wink, wink. Just a hint. You could <laughs> drop me some videos soon. I could cut it together. Um, what is the first thing you're looking forward to when you go to that arena? I just think 
seeing it and just the grandness of it, you know, walking in and, you know, seeing the, seeing the lobby and all the detail and the work. Um, I know they, uh, they have, they're going to have a wall somewhere inside where a plaque with everyone's name on it, who was an inaugural season ticket holder for this season. Um, So just, just seeing stuff like that, seeing just the architecture of it. I, I, you know, I can't wait, you know, as an Islander fan, we've been waiting for, you know, a brand new building since, you know, forever, really the white house. Um, Yeah. So it, the, the fact that it's finally here and you're going to be able to go see it um, is really cool. Um, if you want to even go further back, you can go back to Spano. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I think it's going to be a, a great a great night. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Islander fans are disappointed with their record. But honestly, I don't I don't think that's going to take anything away from Saturday night. I think it's going to be crazy. Um, I think it's going to be a, an event. And I'm, I'm really looking I'm really looking forward to it. And um you know and when when you look when you look at the the situation when you look like for instance when you look at the standings um and you see where the islanders are right now it's disappointing but you remember they 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 haven't played they haven't played a single game at home yet which is hard mm-hmm. to fathom because we're almost at thanksgiving and they're only what six six points out of a playoff spot i mean yeah not for not playing a home game i mean that's 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 huge. I mean, it, it's a serious disadvantage that they had. Um, and, you know, I, I think, uh, like, for instance, look, if, if they were five, six, and two, and they had played, you know, six home games, um, it's a different story. But not playing not playing any home games uh, is, is a real detriment to them. And now that they're going to be home, um, I think we're going to really see what the, what the Islander team is made out of. Well, I do know most of the building is going to be uh, cashless because uh, yeah. the director of operations is a friend of mine, and she was trying to get me in to do a tour for the channel, but we never got around to it. And also, they had construction mm-hmm. delays, so instead of worrying about that, we'll worry about that for uh, another time. But um, I never went to Barclays Center. Mm-hmm. Um, I always kind of said, "I'll I'll go. I'll get around to it." You know, this is the first time you guys are actually going to have a building kind of worthy of an NHL club. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe maybe since like the Coliseum was new, yeah. like the early '80s or stuff like that. This, yeah, if Lou says it best right here, if you build it, they will come. And I, I remember going to the first ever game at Barclays Center, um, and it just it just didn't fe- it didn't feel like home. It didn't. Well, your scoreboard was over a blue line. Yeah. It it's sort of it, it it's like going to it's like going to a, a friend or a family and uh sleeping in a guest bed and having your feet hanging out the end and your bed it, it's you're sleeping in a kid's bed or something like that. You're like this this just isn't comfortable. Yeah. And that's what that's what the Islanders kind of were. They were shoehorned in there and it was, it, 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 it's, they built that, that arena for hockey, which I'm surprised they still didn't. Uh, it would have been great. Concerts yeah. are great going there as uh, Jesse says, and he's mm-hmm. right. But I mean, uh, and then the Islanders went back to the Coliseum. It was made to be a, um, a smaller venue and place. And, um, so then now you're actually getting 
an actual capacity of people there. And I, I actually can't wait to go see a game there. Uh, yeah. And it's not because it's, it's my job, but it's yeah. also because it's, uh, there you go. Harry is the second part about it. If you build it, it should boost the team. I, I absolutely should boost the team. I mean, these, these guys are, are dying to get back home and play home games. And, um, you know, as I said earlier, there, there really is something to be said for playing 13 hockey games and each night having the crowd be against you, having them, you know, it's it, it really picks you up when a guy throws a big hit and the crowd in the in the crowd cheers. I mean, it goes through these players like a jolt of lightning. You know, they're, they're going to be fired up. They're going to be you know, they're going to be playing. They're going to be playing for the, obviously playing for themselves and playing to win. But they definitely play for the fans. I mean, the Islander fans are going to be are going to be fired up. Um, and I think that's going to put light an extra step under each and every one of them. Um, you know, when they are digging down deep for that extra source of energy, the fans can really give it to them. And I think that's what they're going to do. Like I was trying to get us tickets and get a group tickets for everybody to go to, to uh, the devil's game when they were here. And you had a, a good group of Islander fans that were there at that devil's game, because after all, it's yeah. the devil. There's going to be yeah. available tickets. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's, it's, it wasn't the same get ready because they're going to unleash hell on Saturday. So, uh, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. Plus getting home to see your family, spending a night in your own bed. Um, <laughs> should have a minor league. Actually, you know what? That, that would actually be clever. Uh, the Coney Islander babies, they could bring them over here. Um, uh, the building, the building didn't make sense for better or for worse. That's right, Rick. Oh, but we know that now. And hell, you won your first playoff series in 23 years, and half the stadium didn't even know. It was because it was on the end that had the car. Um, so. I mean, I don't, depending on the context of that statement, I don't know if I necessarily agree that the building doesn't make the team better or worse. Um, I mean, in in some cases, yes, but in, I mean, in some cases. I don't know if I, yeah, I mean, the, I think the, I think the building absolutely can make you better. I mean, you're, you're telling me that the, you know, the Islanders, you know, won't be better at UBS arena as opposed to being in Philadelphia on a random night. I mean, I don't, I, I think, I think the build, I think the building absolutely does make a difference. Drive two cars, drive a car that's got 150,000 miles and has been worn down to crap, well done. but yeah. still will get from A to B. And then have a brand new lease car that's coming right off the lot. You're going to be happy driving that lease car. So, because uh, we're probably going to go about maybe another 10 more minutes, guys. Because uh, I know Anthony is going to have to run. And uh, I got myself a hockey game in a few hours. But, uh, well, Rick, that's a good point. And let me let me address this one. Uh, the, by the way. Let me also go back to what Lou says before. Or, um, form has always helped Montreal, but the but Madison Square Garden is the world's most famous arena, and everybody dreams about eventually playing at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, as other kids are going to want to play at uh, the Bell Center and. Uh, I don't, it's not the Air Canada Center anymore. I think it's like everything's Rogers Center now in Canada. But it's there's always those games, people, uh, those those arenas people want to go play at. 
when you go into the Madison Square Garden, players get their best shot because they want to do it there. And if, in New York, you make it here, you make it everywhere. Yeah, MSG is a little bit too corporate, but a lot of people have kind of started saying the bridge level blocks out a lot of sound. So that's that's about that. Um, bringing Stu up. I don't know which one is Stu. Uh, by the way, did this happen or is this a possibility? I I, I didn't catch up anything today. Um, yeah, they did make it worse. It's it's not as loud as what it used to be, Lou. You're right about that. But the garden is always going to get people's adrenaline pumping, and they're gonna they're gonna be trying to give their shot. I would actually. And by the way, as a fan, as an individual fan, I thank you, Rick. I thank you, Rich. <laughs> Um, as a fan, I love MSG as an individual, as a Ranger fan, as a collective, I'd rather have the building be a little bit louder. They should have really thought about that. And you know what? You don't know if that, if, uh, UBS is going to be as loud. I mean, lots of stuff happens with teams going into a new building. Like Yankees had some early troubles in 2009 and the Mets, geez, the Mets, uh, Rich, I would, I would actually get Zach up here. If you're, if they want to get Lundquist down in the minors, just to get him, uh, some playing time, get some power play time. I'm okay with that. And bring in Zach up as long as you know. Yeah. I don't know. That's why I was confused on the stew. I'm like, who do we got to stew? They can always, they can always, as long as the player can mentally handle it. And so far with, with, uh, Lundquist, I knew he could. So getting him more familiar with the North American game would definitely help. Uh, Stat Boy Steven would be a great guy to ask about that. Unfortunately, uh, next week, I'll be able to ask him for real in face to face. But um, <laughs> so I had a uh, guys leave. Oh, no, it's OK. I know you were having work done to the house. I mean, it's ridiculous right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, Rich, just to say this, he's been invisible, but sometimes that's not all bad because we're not Nils. noticing him giving the puck away in the defensive end. Talking about Nils? Yeah, Nils. Yeah. Uh, bring it up, um, bringing up Jones. It's uh, I think um, I think a lot of Ranger fans were kind of pumping his tires hard at the beginning of the year. I was with, with expectations. Um, but I think that's why you have to you have to try to be realistic with with young with young D. Um, you know, unless your name is a guy like Kale McCarr, you know, Quinn Hughes, uh, you're not you're not going to come in and, you know, score 50 points off the bat and be this, you know, prolific defenseman. Um, I, gonna... I, think, uh, I, I think Nils uh, needs needs a little more seasoning and there's no and there's no harm in sending him to Hartford. There's there's not there's it no can, harm in that. And also yeah, it might help get him. his confidence up. If he's the guy that's going to be able to sit in the press box, diagram what he needs to do, look down at the ice and figure out some things. I mean, that's what it is. We never got to go back to you on this, and Chris Frost just brought this one up, Anthony. But what do you th – oh, wait, sorry. I moved it. Chris Frost, there we go. What do you think about Pollock missing a lot of time? <laughs> I think about it, I hate it. Um, <laughs> I think uh... – you know, obviously, it's it's no secret that Pelican Pollock um, together 
are, are the best shutdown pair in the National Hockey League. Um, they they've proved it with their play the last couple of years, um, and unfortunately, due to due to Chara and and Green, um, Lou had to switch thing. Lou uh, Barry had to switch things up, and he had to split them up. And I think that's hurt the team a little bit. And now that Pollock's out, I mean, Pellick's going to feel a lot of the pressure on his shoulders because, um, you know, Mayfield, Scott Mayfield is a good, legitimate top four defenseman, but um, it's really just him and Pellick at this point. And, you know, Noah Dobson's still young um, and he struggled a little bit this year. So uh, it's going to hurt them. You know, like, as I said, even before he got hurt, they needed help defensively. Um, and now it's just going to be even more magnified. So um, it's going to hurt them. I mean, they can only hope that, um, you know, Robin Salo comes up if that's what they decide to do. It hasn't that that move hasn't transpired yet. But um, if Robin Salo can come up, who's been great in the AHL and and uh, hit the ground running, similar to what how Devon Taves did a couple of years ago when they brought him up for the first time, um, that would be like the best case scenario for the Islanders. Um, because either it's that, or as we all talked about before, uh, you know, trying to for Lou to swing a trade. And I mean, I don't know what your thoughts on that, Mark, are, but um, I do believe that's going to be hard. I think it's going to be hard right now to to do that. Um, it's it's so- also difficult because what exactly are the attractive assets for another team? It's great that Lou has been collecting some assets to get rid of contracts and stuff like that. I mean, he's got still his first round draft pick. So I guess that's something, but it's, it's, I don't know. I well, don't know. It depends what type of defenseman you're, you're, I mean, the, listen, the fact is you're not, you're not going to replace a Ryan Pollock. Yeah. You're, you're just not going to do it. So it, it really determines what type of defenseman he's trying to acquire. Like you're ref, like, for, uh, yeah, you're right. Like if he's, a, you know, focusing on a top tier defenseman, then yeah, you know, tractable assets going back the other way is a question that they might struggle with. But I mean, if they're just looking for just a, you know, uh, just a solid defenseman, no, you know, nothing, nothing outrageous, then that's feasible. Cause now you're talking for that type of player, you're talking about a third, you know, third round, third round pick, you know, maybe a second round pick and a, and a prospect if it's, if yeah, defenseman's a yeah. little on the higher side, like death guys, that's what you're going to do. Yeah. But I mean, it's why I don't. It's why I'm not exactly confident on what they got as far as on the trade market, and also as you said it best. Some teams, the only team you know that's out of it is is Arizona. Mm-hmm. Arizona's trying to target their way for the bottom. You can't really replace Pollock, as what Brody's saying right there. <laughs> Actually, Anthony, you want a real nightmare? Here you go. Yeah. Uh, we'll give you Hayek. <laughs> uh, actually, Chris. Chris asked me on uh, one of the comments on uh, the Patrick Kane video that we did, which was, would you trade? Let me get, sorry, Chris, I gotta, I gotta do this to you. Would you trade um, uh, for Josh Bailey and a fourth round pick for, and and give back Kratzoff in a second? And, and no, no, absolutely not. You don't want to accidentally help your opponents. Bailey, 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 and a fourth. Bailey, Bailey, and a fourth to the Rangers. Second and Kratzoff for the Islanders. Nope. <laughs> I mean, if you're a, if you're an Islander fan, um, you know you you do that. Take that. You do that. You do that. Take in that and run with it. By the way, a lot of the chatter has been on uh, Keandre Miller. We're going to get to him in a second. 
Yeah. Uh, actually, we'll get to him right now. Anthony just got up. <laughs> the um, would I send would I send Miller down? That's where you gotta look at the player and gauge that. Uh, I still can't believe for the life of me that they they tried sending down Kratzoff. Like you knew he wasn't gonna go down. Why? Um, so trade Miller. If I could, I would open up discussions with uh, the LA Kings and seeing whether or not they would um, be willing to part with Alex Turcott and what would it take to get him? Because right now Alex Turcott is blocked from really feeling being able to do something there. They got two good centers. They got um, and by the way, yes. Rich, he was a winger and really didn't come into his own until they switched him to D. Uh, maybe even moving him back to, to a wing might help, but he, it's 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 the NHL. He's right now in a sophomore slump. I mean, granted, you'd have to be great as a freshman, but he's still learning the game. That's where the hard part is. Um, I would I would go try to move heaven and earth to get Alex Turcott because that way you can get there. <laughs> yeah but at least he tries to explain it uh booch i believe just got his second goal um the other nights he had a great assist on on a power play goal for st louis but Buja hasn't exactly not has not exactly been tearing it up. Uh, it was Cairo. Yeah, he, he had a backhand pass all the way over to Cairo. It was it was a thing of beauty. Uh, now I'm gonna actually have to look this up. Sorry guys for uh, wasting some time here. But uh, active teams. Because again, in a perfect world, I would have loved it if Jor if uh, Pavel Buchnevich would have been there. Jordan Cairo is leading that team. All right, Buch has got nine points, and he's got four goals, five assists. Still not bad. So, yeah, Cairo is an offensive force. And yeah, they got Tarasenko. Um, he's actually playing on the second line right now. Buch is. He's uh been playing with uh, Tarasenko. But, and yeah, Booch has always been streaky. Again, when I said the Rangers have to trade Booch Devich is because if you watch the Ray Ferrara interview that he had, all of these conversations, everything begins and ends with the cap. You got to go with whatever the cap is going to be. Yeah, Booch is picking it up now. I think he's actually starting to settle in from being there. Yeah. But, and, and, and again, 100% on that. And another guy that's picking it up is Tony D'Angelo. Those are two guys when, before we even started doing the stream, I had a video, bold predictions, that Buchnevich and D'Angelo were going to get traded either in season or at the NHL draft. I was right about one, and wow, was I off on the other. But I also thought the Rangers were done with Tony D'Angelo after he uh, slammed the door on opening night and got an extra two-minute penalty. It, it, it's just there are guys that you know you gotta you gotta think about the cat yeah he was a good ranger he was a very good ranger which was 
but again, I liked him. But you also gotta you also have to see what um what you had remaining with you couldn't leave Kratzoff on the fourth line or in the minors, and then that's what they did. So I I'm shaking my head on that one still, guys. I, I don't I don't understand why you didn't just keep Kratz off an extra two weeks and tried to see what you had with him. Oh, well, and Jesse, you're right about that. Thankfully, we didn't need um we didn't need Tony D as much. And again, Adam Fox was it was projected to basically take his job, and so was Nils Lundquist. Sooner or later, guys knock on the door and move move out someone else. John Van Beesburg got moved out from Mike Richter. Um, well, the other way around was Sergey Zubov got moved, but again, I think that was just a huge mistake. Uh, there's there's a lot of those, and as Brody brings it up, you got to balance your star players with guys on LLCs. And Jesse, right back at you. Oof, Hayek. What are we doing with Libor Hayek on this roster? They still have Hayek. Okay, that's good to know. So help might be on the way for the New York Islanders. Um... And again, by the way, David, you were right about that. That's one reason why Brady Shea had to go. And that and also his contract. to make it $5 million. Everybody got Tom Wilson money that year. Uh, Jack, thoughts on Loft getting bumped up to the first line? You know something? I'm now kind of going in a different thought on Loft and, and Kako and just kind of letting it go where they may. Kako's starting to pick up his confidence and starting to get in there. Loff doesn't seem to be pouting at all about playing with the fourth line for a little bit. So, I mean, and if he can bring that third line up, bring their play up, because Heedle doesn't distribute. And Goche is going to need somebody to distribute. Loff Renier will distribute. And, and I like that. I like having him where he is. Eventually, I like him and Kako to get the power play one. That's one reason why I want. I would I wouldn't mind if Ryan Strom got shipped out, but if they can keep Ryan Strom affordable, might as well hold on to him since you know he works out with uh with Panarin. And yeah, uh, there's Rich. There's lots of guys. There's there's lots of guys that are just any every sport's got them. They got Brooks Brooks uh Herb Brooks said it best. You have a million dollar set of legs and a 10 cent fart for a brain. And he was quoted the newspaper saying that about Eric Strobel. <laughs> he mentioned that in one of the documentaries, but, um, and by the way, you know something, uh, Mike, that's a great nickname for him. Now he's, he's hijack. There you go. Goudreau's not a first liner. We need to get him down into the bottom six. Uh, as of right now, he's playing okay. He's not playing great, but he needs to be in the bottom six. And it it's not even a problem with him on the first line as much as it's 
you have to strengthen the bottom six. I would consider swapping him and Goche, but now you're making Zavanajad the only guy that's moving that puck over there. Um, playmaker, yeah, talented assholes, a lot of them. <laughs> uh, but by the way, starting to see Kaka with some confidence and also Loft scoring that goal Sunday night was big. Barrett Hayden for Kratzoff. Uh, why not? Why not? I actually watched some of Barrett Hayden the other day. I was watching. Uh, but is everybody else enjoying ESPN Plus right now? Or if you, if you don't have it or just Hulu? Because you're getting the, all the hockey games anyway. And, you know, good. Um, yes, lots of guys improve their skating as they go on in their careers. And they're also number one draft picks. John Tavares improved his skating. That's another one that goes in there. Uh, uh, we're going to go a few more minutes, guys. Goudreau's good at winning faceoffs. He needs to teach everybody else with that. He'll play great with patience in front of the net. Uh, yeah. And yeah, it, it's, it's great being able to watch all these games. Yeah. And I mean, I still have a friend of mine's uh, center ice passcode and I haven't used it in a while because I've been watching all the games on ESPN and ESPN plus, but by the way, the, um, the, uh, the one thing I do have to say, so when you watch a lot of these games, you can see what, benefit and what a privilege New York fans have. Brendan, um, Brendan Burke and a couple guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I I'd definitely be afraid of the horse's head that he'd that he'd leave in my bed. Ah, you know, in all honesty, if if Lou Lamorello came knocking on my door tomorrow, I would I would just be enjoying that. But um, but yeah, you could see how fortunate we are to be New York fans and have the the announcers that we do, even though one of them is Butch Goring. I think just I have trouble listening to Butch Goring. This is a good question. Um, I'm actually trying to see specifically what his system is. Part of the problem about when your primary job as a bartender is that I, I actually spend more time being able to watch the highlights of games. So I'm trying to actually see what their breakouts are or anything. I guess the, the number one guy I'd compare him to maybe Tortorella. Um, I don't know if they, I don't think you really use uh, the Rangers on um, uh, zone coverage or man to man coverage. I get all that down. I've just been enjoying being able to watch a game whenever I can. Last night was great, even though I was doing a lot of uh, editing and graphic work and getting everything ready um, for this. Again, by the way, Turcotte also fills a need. Turcotte's a center. And it's not just to get another Turk out on this team because Darren Turk out was one of my favorites. Well, Panarin is in the OV spot. 
uh, Darren's usually right there. He's he's just not shooting. He's distributing. Uh, that's when when Panarin got up there, they moved Zabanajad into the middle, and then Zabanajad had a career season. Uh, Jesse, you don't have to worry about that as much. Um, because Florida was kind of an interesting situation, uh, with management and him. He wanted to have more input. Oh, sorry, Jack. And by the way, I do that a little bit too fast because I read too quickly. There is a learning disability I had when I was younger. Um, that I did improve on it a little bit. Closed captioning worked out well. But uh, he wanted more input on in Florida and on personnel. I think him and Drury are working a little bit better. I'm not as worried about Gallant. Uh, Pete DeBoer would be somebody that would worry me. Pete DeBoer can come in, get your team in the Stanley Cup Finals, and then they're never going to improve. Um. Oh. Jack, sorry about that. One thing that has been great to see, yeah, it, it's definitely a lot more effective than when Mika Zibanejad was down there. Because Mika's plan under uh, AV when he was here was just bombs away. That, that's all it was with him. Which is good, but also it's, you know, it gets a little rough. Yeah, they're usually really good at keeping teams to the outside. Um, although, as Philka said, Rangers are among the worst in high danger chances. Uh, the, when he read off the stats, he said till November 11, uh, November 12th is when he said it. So right after Veterans Day. And uh, that was shortly after their West Coast trip and uh, at, after that embarrassment in Calgary. So, uh, you get the Florida Panthers that are in there. Yeah, that was, that was a lot. Uh, okay. I'm going to have to check that out. I think it would, it definitely looks a little, a little bit more like a zone system, which there's, um, see, I don't know. I, 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 every team I've ever played on has always been a zone system. So. Even going back to juniors, we're always a zone. All right. Well, again, by the way, going from a zone system to man-to-man is the, one of the reasons why the Rangers were abysmal in 2015. And yes, they got too, too few odd man breaks. Well, Payanemi, get a look with Sammy gone. That's a great question. I mean, he's in Hartford, so they can't bring him up. I'm going to go yes. You're going to see Lori Payanemi this year. So, I mean, well, because, and again, one one fault of that when you do that is if 
you're doing man to man. As soon as you lose your guy, it's over. Uh, that guy then is wide open. So, but also here's the one thing we got to keep in mind. He's looking really good in Hartford, but is he getting power play one time when he gets called up with the Rangers? Probably not. Um, you know what? There's, but there's a spot on the right side as a Banishad and Kreider. I would not be surprised about it. Um, I was happy that we got to see Morgan Barron and that we're, I, I, again, I haven't been able to watch as many, but um, there we go. Morgan deserved more than a cup of coffee. By the way, guys, once again, just going to plug this again, the bar meetup. I get rid of the ticker for that too. Uh, the bar meetup coming up in two weeks. Uh, get rid of that now. I can't wait for that. If you guys are local, come on down. I'm trying to fill the place up. Do a sh- we're, we're going to do a show. Uh, it is actually also Mr. John Falkowski's birthday on the 30th. So there's going to be a little bit of that. But um, I, like I said, I, I bought a Mika Zibanejad autograph jersey as well as a Dennis Potvin autograph jersey. And we're going to set up some pools for that. We're also going to do a 50-50 raffle too. I'll tell you why and where the charity is going when we're there. And Anthony is working on a studio guest, and it'd be great if he if, if he gets who we're trying to get. So uh gotta you gotta love that. Um all right. <laughs> you know something. You know something, Mike? You guys are 100% right on this because it's just not that. See, shameless self-promotion, I could joke about it when I'm out with friends or if I'm handing out thousands and thousands of business cards as of late. Um, we, we even got coasters that we're giving out soon. Uh, I'm hoping to get some T-shirts too. Uh, but yeah, get, get, some, get some more likes. You know, Chris... That's a great question. Um, I looked for throwback jerseys for the Islanders or jerseys that somebody just signed. I ended up going with a Potvin jersey because it was it was signed by Dennis Potvin. It's a, it's at least a reasonable deal, but it's it's just that it's the Islanders are a team that reflects on their past so much i think they it almost it's to the detriment of their current team now they finally have their current team that it's you got good players you got them all getting recognized and anthony feel free to make a comment right now um but it's you know it was always the uh, the dynasty guys then it was lafontaine then it was turjan then it was DiPietro, Yashin, and Pekka. Those were their stars. And then, um, yeah, there you go. Comment on it, who you'd like to see Anthony go out and go get. I gave him a list, and I can give him another list soon. Like, Henrik Lundqvist is retired now. He's no longer a, uh, he's no longer a current player. It's hard to get current players. 
I mean, LaFontaine would have been good. Like I was looking for autograph jerseys. This will be this will be one of those things that hopefully if we ever get big enough, somebody else does all the work because I'm not the best at that. And I'm also not the best negotiator either. Oh, I'm terrible at negotiations. It's just whenever. Oh, it's why I always have to bring somebody whenever I go get a car. It's just talk to him on the price. Everything else looks good. Just tell me how much. <laughs> um. Wow. We just went through. All right. They're good. Leo, by the way, welcome back. So glad to see Kako playing. And yeah, I love, I, I've been high on Kako, even though a lot of people weren't, Philk wasn't last week. And, um, Goche needs to play. We talked about the Kratzoff situation. Goche needs to play. Need to know he got in Goche. Otherwise you gotta get rid of him. You know, Chris, and it's, um, Matthew Barnaby would be a good one. And you know what? Everybody's going to talk about one shining moment of his life. Because it's, if it's life, it's not just his career. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's that he had that hat trick on Mother's Day in the playoffs. That was amazing. That was great. That was uh, 97. That was during the year of uh, uh, where the Hashik drama was going on. Colt Noir would be a good one. We've talked, uh, we actually, I think, I think we were reaching out to Colt Noir, Sean Avery, um, Sigmund Poffy. You know what? I would bring mommy. <laughs> no, okay. no, she's just mom. She's always been mom. Um, I would bring my mother, but she's, she doesn't really negotiate as well as me. Fortunately, I have a couple of my friends that they're, they're much better. It's just, okay. Talk to my friend, John. Uh, yeah, I gotta say, Ray Ferraro was fantastic today. He was great, and there were so many more things. Um, I would have, I, I would, I wanted to ask him. I, he'd be a great guy to have a beer with too. Speaking about which, yeah, both of you guys are on this. Lou and Mikey, Adam Graves. There's only one problem that I have, and. I, I have a picture of it. Uh, I'll share it on one of, or I'll just show it to you in person if I if I see on the twenty eighth. Uh, there's only one person I get starstruck by, and it's Adam Graves because Adam Graves. If you, I have never heard a bad Adam Graves story from anybody. Islander fan, Ranger fan, nobody. I've I've heard bad stories about other players. Adam Graves is always a good one, and. I wonder, and the Islander fans I know, they love Adam Graves. Um, no, I think if he continues with his success right now, I think he stays with Panarin and uh, Strom. But if they need a puck mover, they might be better off going with him. I do like how he's getting himself into the house and doing everything that needs to be done. By the way, so the Pat LaFontaine, Pat LaFontaine uh, most points by any player that only played for New York teams. Uh, the, and that's the thing, the state of New York too. Uh, I actually look more fondly on the Ray Ferraro time. And I think it's only because the Rangers were winning more 
And Ferraro, I still think, got a raw deal and he shouldn't have gotten traded. By the way, um, one of the con- one of the questions I didn't ask Ray Ferraro, and I'm asking you guys right now. You can go ahead and put it down in the comments right now. But uh, his te- his former teammate on the Islanders, Travis Green, uh, they had ownership meeting with Jim Benning, the president and GM of uh, – Oh, the Vancouver Canucks. Should Travis Green be on the hot seat at all? I don't think so. I I th- I think you, I think you fire Jim Benning. It'd be one of the rare times you fire a GM and say stick with this coach, because if I I don't think he's done that bad. <laughs> Nick Patillo, yeah. Mike Richter would be a great, great guest. R- Richter is, oh, wow. I, I, I can't help it. I, I can't help but say that. So talking with, uh, still talking with Phil about getting the, uh, the, the wrestling channel going. We're still in the process. We're in development guys where this is our passion. We love this. So hopefully, uh, Hopefully you get to see more of that. Esatikin in, yeah. I gotta say, Darius Kasparitas was so good. He was so good. Um, I would love to get Sam Rosen. You know what, Leo? I've so I've said this before. I'll say this again. Um, Sam Rosen got robbed by Kevin Collins, the the lineman, in Game 7 of 1994. What I mean that he got robbed was uh, Zubov drives it around, Larmer clears the zone, that's it, that's it. 54 years of curses are over, no more 1940. That was going to be the signature call for the rest of his life, and instead they called an icing, and they had to do it all over again. And it's... uh. <laughs> that would be great. I mean, after all, he's an analyst and he's everywhere right now. Ooh. If you if you want to see Anthony, you want to see somebody um make Filk gush? Doc Emmerich. Gretz, you know what the great part is about, and you go, I think Eddie Olchek would be a, a guy. We're starting, and you know what, we're starting to catch on. We're starting, this is this is a slow process. And we're hoping we're hoping that we're going to be going to the All Star Game this year, and we can meet some of these guys face to face. But uh, that's a great thing about having these guys on. Whether they're on for 15 minutes, you ask them a couple of questions, and then like hopefully Keith Kuch- uh, Keith, uh, Keith Kachuk, Keith Jones remembers. I was asking him about his one and only penalty shot in his career. Ray Ferraro though, and Ray Ferraro killed the Rangers, and then unfortunately trading him, I think killed the Rangers. They that team, that 96 team, they had an unbeaten month in January, and then they fell apart in February and such. Colin Campbell's second year coaching, too. All right. Guys, I'm going to cut it off right here because I got to get this up for iTunes and Spotify. Uh, we're going to probably have the Ray Ferraro interview first tonight. Uh, if you're not following us on Instagram, big apple hockey, uh, there's, uh, underscores in between each word. 
and at the end uh there's also check out <laughs> get glenn anderson ask him what his money for nothing is like glenn anderson thank you very much for taking away a stanley cup ring from mike gartner so who i wore 22 for when i was playing with the ramapo junior rangers um so there's that uh but uh so we got a couple we're, we're trying to build up our instagram following uh I need somebody better for social media management. I am not the guy to be doing this. This is not my game. And, um, oh, I can only imagine what Stat Boy Steven would be like for a wrestling show, Joe. That would be great. But rest assured, when we get this going, we're going to get something good. We didn't even get Sean on the show today. I didn't see him. Baloo, thank you very much. Guys, have a great night. It is great seeing you. We're hoping to do more of these more per week. Like next week is going to be a little bit tricky because it's going to be Thanksgiving Eve. Can't wait for that because I'm a bartender. You can see the look on my face and understand exactly what I'm thinking. And um, yeah, uh, it's, it's always great to hear that you guys are following us and hopefully we'll be doing more and more like this. Everybody. <laughs> No, <laughs> but yeah, it's always a great stream. Yeah. Like the video, share us. And uh, we're, we're hoping to keep building our cult uh, more and more as the days go on. So guys, thank you very much. Cause this is, you're the reason why we do this. So, and uh, I myself, I'm going to enjoy my game. That's I'm going to be playing around the block in about mm, three more hours. So maybe I get a little nap in first. All right. <laughs> you know what? My ex-fiance was great at Mario Kart. She she could have been ranked worldwide. That's but yeah. I uh <laughs> and Star Road. Star Road was was always a good one. By the way, that's also the reason why I'm not clean shaven right now. It's because uh, I'm going to be putting on my mask and, every, and and my helmet. And every time the chin strap, it ends up causing a razor rash. So, you know, then package. Got to got to keep got to keep this looking pristine. All right. And uh, yeah, smash that like button. Yeah, because I, I got to get one of those where you're actually doing that. And it's 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 smashing the like button. But a lot of these are in um in the edited versions, which I got a brand new computer, but I don't know if I'm still gonna I think I might stick with um LumaFusion anyway. LumaFusion, by the way, for any amateur editors, fantastic. Uh highly recommend it, although I might go back to Final Cut Pro soon, but we'll see about that. Um I'm probably gonna launch a whole new channel just on ed video editing. So, guys, again, thank you very much. Uh and I can't wait to do this next week. Hopefully you guys could come down come on down on the 28th in Hicksville. We have the, uh, the bar, uh, the bar meetup and it's going to be a great time. It's a great place to go and it's going to be fantastic. So yeah, I'm still at all things Ranger, even though I list big Apple hockey, I like using both. I can't help with that. I, I it's also, by the way, as all things Ranger, I can also, uh, I could be a little bit sarcastic and snarky. 
there's Filk, 92 and 82. And of course, our Anthony LaRocco, booking extraordinaire, who is clearly right now trying out all the graphics. <laughs> this is Anthony's revenge. Now he's actually crushing my head. All right, guys. Thank you very much. And I will talk to you all next week, hopefully sooner. Isn't it going?